welcome back to hashtag Barely Adulting. Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year! Um, we're filming this early, so at the moment, not even Christmas yet. But Happy New Year! Happy 2024! Oh, may the odds be ever in your favour, friends, because 2023 was not the thing for either of us. But this this this, this day... I was going to say this episode, and then today. Um, for this those of you, day. Who this day. For those of you who don't know, I'm Lisa. Lisa does life on all of my socials. I am a semi booktuber. I attempt to do the YouTube, <laughs> but you know what our schedules and all that jazz. Um, mm. and this lovely human is my best Gem. fucking friend, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gem, and as of when this goes up, January the 1st, I will be Gem of Gem's Creeps and Geeks. Yeah! <laughs> that was going to be something we could talk about. We're rebranding. We're rebranding. Re <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having a fight uh, with my blanket. But with... Oh, God. <laughs> as always, we are going to be 100% professional. As always, I thought you were going to say, as always, we'll be 100% chatting shit. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> Factually correct. <laughs> facts. Spitting facts. Um, <laughs> we'll spit a tea all over it. Like, <laughs> um, so, this episode, I don't know why I keep going into another accent, maybe because feelings and bank chain are in my mind recently. <laughs> but um, this episode is going to be just. Another chatty one, but we're going to be wrapping up 2023. The highs, the lows, the in-betweens, our faves and our disappointments and all that kind of jazz. And just what the podcast is going to look like going forward into 2024. Which I'm excited. <laughs> Why I did just, I dab? That was so I 2017. I, I keep dabbing. It was so funny because I keep dabbing all the time and I didn't realize that because I do it like ironically I'm like yeah that was a good thing that I did bam right so I do it it's like a joke but I didn't realize how often I do it until while we were on sprints yesterday I noticed a comment on my latest video from Andy <laughs> saying oh my god the dab I literally just watched you dab on sprints and like she'd watched it I dabbed and when she watched my video Jensen had dabbed <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Oh my, it's not, it's not that I want to play anymore. It's a thing oh no. that people know me for. I'm, oh god. And oh, I've passed I'm... it on to my poor child. My poor impressionable son. <laughs> oh no. Poor Jensen, what else have you passed on? Oh, god, no. All my geeky tendencies. Well, 100%. that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. No. I love how excited he got over his Pokemon thing in his little his little children's abominable book club, book club of Moxin. It was just it's like, oh my god, I love this one. He's so cute, honestly. I can't wait for obviously by the time this goes out, Christmas would have happened, but I can't wait for him to open all his Christmas presents because there's so many things in there that I think he's really excited for. And like he told me that his favourite author is Roald Doll, so I've bought him all of the Roald Doll books in like a box set so that we can read them. And I don't think I've even read all of them, but he's like he was so so like um it was the first time he'd spoken about a specific author 
and he was like yeah. really excited about it so I was like oh Andy sent me a link Andy's just like coming through for my job apparently <laughs> <laughs> she uh yeah she really came through and sent me the link and it was like it wasn't too bad actually considering how many books are in there I know I wrote a lot didn't I yeah, I mean, it's not all of them, but it's like the big ones. It's like Fantastic Mr. Fox and um, oh. Esther Trot and whatever it is. Um, James and Giant Peach is in there. James and Giant Peach is. Charlie yeah. and the Chocolate Factory and the Great Glass Elevator are in there. I th Danny Champion of the World is definitely in there. I would check, but it's currently wrapped under my tree. So <laughs> check back with me <laughs> after Christmas. <laughs> we'll check in with you and see how that fares. Um, <laughs> so we'll start off with um, let's start off with the negative so we could end on a high. So mm -hmm. with your with your reading this year, um, have yeah. there been <laughs> um, <laughs> any any either disappointments or like worst reads that you would like say? <laughs> yes, yes, there has. Um. <laughs> So, uh, I'll give you a couple of manga to start. Oh, so, nice. one of the mangas that I was really disappointed in was I continued Overlord. Um, the covers for Overlord are absolutely stunning. And my cousin and her husband, they absolutely love the anime. And I think it was it's definitely like an anime thing more because I was just like, I don't really know that I'm following this story. And I didn't yeah. really, I wasn't really 100% sure if I, if I liked any of the characters enough to continue. And the covers are really cool and the art's good and everything. But I don't know. And it's about this guy and he has been playing this game for years and he used to be in like a big guild with lots of other players and they're going to turn the game off. So you won't be able to play it anymore. So he's he's logged into the game um, when they switch the server off. And rather than like it just vanishes, he's ends up stuck in the game. So he's right. stuck in like this fantasy world. But because he was the only one there at the end, he like rewrote a load of like the code just before it got turned off and like changed things about himself and changed things about the NPCs and that. Um and it's just a bit like because he's quite he's like a big skeleton dude rather so he's like a he looks yeah. evil but obviously the guy that playing him is not really evil and now he's like fuck i'm stuck in this evil ass body and you know so it sounds like it should be really good but it didn't it just wasn't really working for me so i reckon i'll i will give it another try but as the anime but then uh i read a vo volume one so I, I do often get like volume ones of stuff and then I don't read them for ages. But sometimes I find one that I'm really like intrigued by. So I get it as soon as it comes out and I read it, right? So <laughs> I pre-ordered, I pre-ordered a volume one manga called Under Ninja. Okay. And it was supposed to be about like the ninjas were like a big... Um, like almost like a force like after the war and that yeah. they were still kind of working in like secret and they but they were still like there and it was they were a big deal so <laughs> you this guy wants to be your... like, yeah so this guy wants <laughs> to be a, a ninja um and honestly if it wasn't called under ninja it didn't just didn't 
have I'm not really sure what the point of it was. Uh, I remember being very disturbed by something that happened in the first one. I remember it hap- it, something happened by a car. My mind's blocked it out, but I know that it was weirdly sexual with a car. And I no next to a car. I have a feeling the girl was peeing, and honestly, oh. I was just so disturbed by the whole ordeal. Um, I gave it three stars, and now I'm talking about it. I feel like that was very <laughs> generous. Three stars is like a book that you think is okay and nothing about what you said would make me believe that you thought that was okay. (laughs) I don't don't think I know how to rate things because I don't think that is a because now I'm thinking, I think I might actually go back and change my rating because I rated that the same as Overlord and although I didn't enjoy Overlord, it didn't disturb me (laughs) to the same level. Uh, I do remember that they've apparently just like done an anime of it and Ray was like, oh, I'm going to go and watch the anime. And I was like, mm, I don't know, maybe don't do that. Uh, and she said that she didn't even make it through one episode. <laughs> oh, no. I'm pretty well. sure she said she didn't make it through one episode. So, yeah, that was very disappointing. Because they were like the first. The only other manga that I've kind of started. Because I feel like I'm pretty good at knowing what I like in manga like I'm pretty good at like picking series that I'm going to enjoy of the ones I've read so far and the only other series that I've started and then decided not to continue um was Black Butler I knew you were gonna say that yeah I thought I was really gonna like Black Butler and I read the first volume and I had the first two or three and um I just never felt the desire to pick it back up like I think yeah. I went into it thinking it was going to be darker than it came across in the first one. It came across a bit like funny and I wasn't looking for a humorous aspect in that story. Um, yeah. I'd like to try the anime, but unfortunately, apparently uh, season four is available to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere seems to have season one. So I guess I'll just not. I, I ended up giving that to Jess, though, because I think she'll enjoy it, but it just wasn't for me. But that was not this year, so I don't know why we're talking about it. But, yeah, <laughs> they were the first kind of, like, ones that I was like, do you know what? I'm dropping that. Like, I haven't dropped many manga yeah. series. So, yeah, it was, uh, that was... Well, well you can tell by the, the background. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. There's no manga there. You're crazy. Oh, I can't believe our first conversation on one of our first conversations just as a one-on-one. I don't know how it started, but at one point you were working from home and I was, you were like, we got on the topic of manga and you were like, oh, let me just show you my shelf. <laughs> oh, and you had a couple of like little shelves and you sent me maybe a couple of videos that were maybe 30 seconds long of just like, just panning the series that you had. Bearing in mind, a lot of them were volume ones. So I think they were, there was a total of like maybe 30 it like, was it, it was a shelf and a half. It didn't even fill up yeah. two shelves. Yeah, there was maybe like because yeah. you had a lot of volume ones. Maybe in total there was like like thirty that I saw. Um, but I wrote them all down and <laughs> not looking at your shelves. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> you be sending me a ten minute video being like, "This is this one, and this is it." But to be fair, I have gotten that manga hype with you. But think speaking of disappointing mangas for me mm. would be one punch man yeah that didn't work for you did it no um 
it was it was okay and i get the concept but for me that is way better on the anime the anime is it's, so good because his his whole blase attitude comes across really well in animated okay. form and just <laughs> sorry it's just he's very like dry sense of like humor the way that he talks it doesn't come across well on on page for me but i could totally yeah. get his attitude in the anime and i think that that's what i want to keep up with yeah um another one was I the ancient Vegas pride sorry okay. i was just saying for one punch man i am enjoying the manga but i am only four volumes in um mm. but we're broaching a bigger subject here, but One Punch Man does fall into that trap of how it portrays queer characters with Puri Puri Prisoner. Mm. Like there is a there is a tendency in some manga, especially kind of like if it's shonen or something like that, rather than being say BL or GL or anything like that, where the gay characters are very flamboyantly gay and yeah. almost how to put it almost perverse in the way that they're portrayed and it's something that really does bug me about manga yeah. but i think that what we're starting to see is like the newer series that are coming out it's happening less and less so i guess oh, that's yeah. that's good like we're seeing a change but i think one punch man has been going for a while um hang on i'll check yeah i mean i've seen it around for a while uh it started in 2009 yeah so i think it's kind of fallen into that trap that did happen um it's still a good series and i'm sure that kind of later on as it progresses these things change um yeah. but yeah like when i was on like volume four i was like I remember finding Puri Puri Prisoner really funny in the anime. And then when I was reading the manga, I was like, mm, maybe yeah, not so much. <laughs> maybe not so much. Um, but yeah, another one that was disappointed was the Ancient Magus Bride. Because you know oh, me, I, yeah. love a bit of, I, love, I love a little bit of magic. Um, mm. And it was, the synopsis was, this ancient like mage that has like a skull for a face takes on an apprentice young girl um as an apprentice and i was like oh that sounds really cool like like a mentor mentee situation and yeah. then it ended up being that like she was sold to him at an auction um yeah. at 15 which didn't sit right anyway but then i was like well she was sold as an apprentice because like she wasn't wanted and although selling children is still not okay, I was like, well, you know, it's a fantasy world and, you know, he's giving her a home and, it's, mm. you know, he's giving, he's giving her somewhere safe to be. But then this ra randomly just came out and was like, and then you're going to be my bride. And I was like, 15. Yeah. And it just it gave the ick after that. And I've seen a lot of people on Reddit and stuff like that say that although he is like 200 years old, he's not like is a socially inept being like he doesn't understand like social cues and things like that he doesn't understand the meaning behind calling someone his bride and what that actually means so he's kind of immature in how he how he acts and stuff but that still doesn't make it okay no. like in 
like retrospectively telling us that your character may be 200 years old but has like a very immature brain i mean yeah he's still an adult being like he's still 200 years old so that just didn't sit right with me and there was a scene where like he was trying to get a clean um because she hadn't been looked after at all and you could you could see it as like maybe like a fatherly figure trying to bathe this sort of thing but it was getting kind of like taken off her clothes and throwing her in the bath sort of thing and it was just like and then after we were saying the whole bride thing it kind of just, just didn't sit right like yeah. the whole the whole thing so I was really good about that because everyone was like oh it's such a cozy fantasy and I was like cozy fantasy manga would be great but that just wasn't wasn't yeah. for me and I'm a bit good about that, that, is, well. that is unfortunately like another thing in manga that I, th I do think is like happening less and less um but this whole kind of like having an imbalance in power in a relationship like yeah. one of them will be quite young one of them will be older or one of them will be reluctant or one of them will be like the boss or something like that like that's quite a big thing and sometimes it works depending on the scenario and the situation but yeah, yeah. The age thing that does pop that was, up a yeah. lot yeah well speaking speaking of like imbalance of power um seven deadly sins don't get me wrong i actually loved the anime i've not read the manga but i loved the anime from what i watched so far and i haven't gone back to it but one of the first times you see one of the main characters um he is an older like i would say being older human whatever but he's inside a young person's body. I don't know how it really works because at the time I wasn't fully paying attention. I think like the the re 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 regenerated inside a human, uh, a little boy's body or whatever. But he's actually an adult. Um, mm. But one of the first scenes where he encounters a girly motorboat, sir. And it's like, yeah, another, yeah. That was just <laughs> like that would be inappropriate anyway as an adult. But because we we know he's an adult. But he's got. He looks like a ch a child, and he's, mm. he's like he's, he's really short with a baby face, and it just doesn't it doesn't fit in, no, in my mind. No. Like why, yeah. why do they need to make him that way? I understand like the plot is like one of them's a giant and she's really really tall, and you know they've all got their own thing, their own quirk about them, um, and the reasons why they are the way they are. But I just don't understand that bit and the fact that like. Like she was wearing practically nothing and then he was giving her a uniform to wear and he purposely like they're very self-aware though with it like he gave her a uniform to wear and she's like this is a really short skirt and he's like i know and like looking up a skirt and i was like yeah yeah the rest of the series i really love like but there's certain scenes like that when i'm just like mm, did you need to leave this in yeah you get a, you get a few um it's called fan service in manga and it happens a lot and it will be mostly to do with women so it'll be like women in like really short skirts or like massive boobs and stuff and it's to like yeah. a, especially in like shonen it's to appeal to like teenage boys at the end yeah. of the day right so <laughs> recently with Jujutsu Kaisen second season everyone's oh. been like going mad going god they made all of the men like really fit like they're just like oh god they're just doing it for the women i'm like yeah it's about time we got some fucking fan service thanks they're like no, no he's not normally that well he is now deal with it 
I mean, should we like gay so no? Should we like Choso? No, but we did. We do like Choso. He's a good boy. He's, he's a, a good bean. boy. He's but a good boy. He's the manipulate blood. Like he's my fault. I tell you what he does in the anime that he doesn't do in the manga. <sighs> Slash his abs. That does not happen in the manga. <laughs> It's like you want a piece that of just, me. He shows, he shows like a bit of his arm in the manga. He's like, mm, six pack. <laughs> and we thank, we thank the animators. Anyone from Mapper, if you're watching, that, we thank you. I particularly thank you for everything that you did with Nanami this season. Um, the rolling of the his sleeves, fight. the whole. Yes, pulling the yeah. hair. We, we thank you. The rough female look kind. After the big octopus demon thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I do get I do get that though. Um but it, yeah, so those, those are my only disappointments. Everything mm. else about experience with manga. Um I've been oh, apart from Doctor Stone, I read that and I didn't, I, that was just okay. But again, I just I preferred the anime. The the main character was just a, a shit. It was just rude to this guy because he was a jock and he assumed it was thick. So sports him like crap. Yeah. And he's like, You're my best friend. And he's like, You're an idiot. And I'm like, That's not friendship. Wow, that's me. <laughs> but just, that, um, yeah. just going back to what you were just saying about my manga shelves. I uh, haven't posted on my Instagram for a while. Like, I go on Instagram every day. I'm in my DMs and in my stories, but I haven't posted anything. And I didn't really look at, like, my uh, my layout, my grid, because I don't really go on there. And I was looking at it today, and <laughs> the absolute lol that this is, okay? This is my... <laughs> when did I post this? In March... Sorry for people that are just listening. I'll explain it. But in March, I hope you can see it. This was my Nanami shrine. There is one figure and a light. <laughs> this is my Nanami shrine today. Nanami! <laughs> there is three figures, two acrylics, four figures and a Funko Pop and the light. And then, just for real entertainment value... <laughs> <laughs> this was my Rhina shrine oh, no. in May of this year. May. <laughs> no, no. That's oh. it. <laughs> so in no. May, there was uh, five acrylics and a figure. <laughs> 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 like we we just don't we don't possibly have the time for me to count this all up, surely. I I didn't realise oh. exactly how much I'd bought in such I mean I listen, 2023 <coughs> was really shit and these two what? characters got me through. So I'm yeah, just showing my love for them. But yeah, I was literally laughing so much. I didn't have any uh take your revenger stuff and now i've got three figures and like three four acrylics oh and the minifigures i didn't have anything but nanami for jjk and now look gojo gorilla panda gorilla panda, uh, panda, panda. inamaki i love how we've got the same inamaki figure well yes i, I couldn't just get him for myself 
Not when we both love him so much. The fear I had, though, that's why you had. To, that's why you had to open your birthday present early because I was so scared that when we went to Vin Planet, you were going to try and buy him, and I'd have to like slap your hand away. You know what? Like, I don't think I mentioned this on the last time we were on the podcast, but I did mention it to you though that I'd been in Forbidden Planet prior to us meeting up because I'd been there to see Becca when she bought my birthday present early, and I'd picked up put that in a Mackie figure put him in my basket and then taking him back out again because I wanted to get a Funko instead. I would have been so mad because I I bought him so far in advance. It was ridiculous. So far. The giant of surprises. Oh, crap. There's more Reiner over here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a problem. You're Titan. You're big Titan figure. My armored titan. Here he is. He, he does have a stand, but he's balanced on it normally. He's that is huge. He's almost as big as Gorilla Panda, who is absolutely massive. Oh god! I did not realize he was that big when I bought him, and I was like, "Oh, this will be a nice little panda to put on a shelf." <laughs> the fucking behemoth that he is. It's bigger than my head. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. I love him. I love Gorilla oh. Panda. Gorilla mode is the best con- mode. To put it into context, though, we both like Panda, but my preferred version is just in normal Panda mode. He's just an absolute sweet air. <laughs> Obviously, Gem likes him in Gorilla mode because he's like the most aggressive in Gorilla mode. <laughs> <laughs> but the one figure that we saw, I didn't realize when I showed it, uh, was like 140 pounds. <laughs> And yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is great. And she was like, yeah, that's great. How much? I was like, mm, maybe not. Um, so I did a lot of searching and it wasn't that much. Um, I can assure you it was not £140. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, <laughs> but I saw it and I was like, I can't not get this because she'll, she'll fucking die. And, and I, I, I was waiting. I was waiting. I was like, I went on. I went on. And I was like, right, okay, this this something stock. And then I went away. Came back and like when I had no money, I was like, all right, there's three in stock. Right, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, there's one more in stock. I'm like, oh, hurry up, Betty, please. <laughs> I was like stressing out. And as soon as it got paid, I was like, bam. <laughs> I went on a fire. There's just like, something oh. about Gorilla, like, because my top three characters in JJK are Nanami, Yuta, and Inamaki. That's yeah. that's they're pretty solid, although. Chozo is is up there now. He's like probably yeah. four, and obviously I love Gojo. And to be honest, it's such a good cast. There's so many to love, and you can there's, there's so many reasons to love them. Yuji, adorable little bean. Megami, he's got a dark soul. We love him. Nabara is just so good. But there's just something about Gorilla Panda that I really enjoy. <laughs> I like yeah, him as Panda. Panda's fine. Don't get me wrong. He's very entertaining. But Gorilla Panda? Love. <laughs> I think my favourites are obviously Inamaki because obviously. Um, Gato, I shouldn't like Gato. He's the villain. But I can't. Listen, Gato was depressed and he, he needed somebody to notice and nobody noticed and at that point oh, anything God, that happens after you, you can't you can't really i know that i'm trying to defend 
a cult leader, a mass murdering cult leader, but he just needed, he just needed a hug. <laughs> He just needed someone to acknowledge his depression and be like, it's okay to cry. You don't have to be a man and just be like, like be all manly and like, you don't cry, we don't show our emotions. Like, just, here's, here's my arms, just fall into them and hug. I'm like, if yeah. I'd have had a hug, you wouldn't have become a cult leader and a mass murderer. If we'd have been yeah. there, <laughs> we're going to stop this whole thing. <laughs> she knew, but never would have happened. We can't talk about Shibuya. Shibuya? No, Shibuya. I can't. I can't. Shibuya. She, so, Emmy said something to me the other day about um, that's about something. Oh, we were talking about Shibuya and um, Shibuya. <laughs> I can't fucking say it. I'm losing my mind. You got me. You got me. It, it came, it came up so many times, and I was just like, oh my god, I can't escape it. And then I was watching something else, and it happened again. And I sent her like a picture of it, and she was like, you can't escape. I was like, it's haunting me. Like I can't go. And she's like, we should go to Japan and go there. And I was like, what? So we can get murked? No, I'm okay. Thanks. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I do like those TikToks where the go and like they show you the Next different station. areas of Japan. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go there because if one of those deformed things comes to get me, <laughs> I wouldn't want to defend myself. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. No. Not that that would ever happen, but you never know. You know, it could be real. You never know. Those, like, why, ta- why take the risk? <laughs> you, just, you just can't. I'd love to go to Japan. I'll just stay away from those areas. Someone else could go take the photos for me. Like, I went to Japan. Someone else went there to take the photos and they came back safe. Thank you. But <laughs> it's like, I someone says, Do you want to go? And I'm just like rocking in the corner. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't I'm have enough sanity as it is. I don't need to lose anymore. <laughs> I'm not recovered. <laughs> I like my body as it is. Thank you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't go that far. <laughs> Well, I like um, yeah. Okay. I guess that I'd might be yeah. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> not totally disfigured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <sighs> what are your most disappointing books? Or oh yeah. If you have some or worst books. I do. Um so it wasn't like my lowest rated, but I'd say probably one of the most disappointing books was The Loop by Jeremy Robert Johnson, which mm. I don't have anymore. I got that in a bomb book club, and when I opened it, I was really excited for it because it's like small town, mountain town, quite secluded, and there's a weird tone and it sends everyone on like a murderous rampage. And they're trying to figure it out, right? And it just sounds really cool. <laughs> that's not what I got that's not what I got like I did I hated I don't think I've hated a book ending more because it was just like I felt like I'd wasted my time wasted my time and this is possibly a spoiler but I don't give a shit okay they had me, but they they were trying to convince me, right, that octopuses came from space. Right? <laughs> they, they, were, 
they were trying to convince they were saying like and i don't know is this a thing is this a thing that they think that octopuses might have come like on a rock from space i don't know but the way that it was the way it was put in like this book right i i just had this image of octopuses flying little ufos little spacecraft and coming to earth to live in the ocean and it just totally took me out of the book and i was like really <laughs> this is what we're going with like of all the things that we could have had we've gone for space octopus <laughs> i'm not i'm not convinced I just, it, was like, it turned into like a science experiment with octopuses that went wrong which sounds actually really dodgy now that i've said it but <laughs> that is that's what they had and i was very, everywhere i was very disappointed because i was really really looking forward to that one so even though i gave it like a two i don't know how you get but, through these books to be fair I don't know how I did it either. I think it was because it was an audiobook. I think that's what got me through. Was wow. it an audiobook? That might be what well, I Actually, I don't think it was an audiobook. Um, there, obviously, we could talk about The Handover, <laughs> which we both really enjoyed. <laughs> it's the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm still so angry about that book because I was the one that pitched it because I found it in the works and I was like "Ooh, interesting this has like a really cutesy um uh rom-com cover and it's written by a man this would be such an interesting discussion because either it will be oh wow look men can men can also write really good straight romance without it being like really shit or it will be uh wow men should never write romance and also we're having Becca on and we're like, well, I know that any of our friends are good to have that kind of discussion with, but we knew that we'd get a proper, like, proper good discussion with Becca. And Becca's really into romance and stuff, so we're like, perfect. Like, she, she hit a romance era. Oh, I hate the fact that I said that. Romance era. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I'm sorry. I, I love that term. <laughs> I like everything. Everything new I try, I'm entering my era. <laughs> Every single time. Like, yes, yeah, so I was just like, right, okay, crack on. We like, we'll 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 speak to Becca about it. But I felt so bad because we had such a great time with the first read with Becca, and it was like such a good book that we had. The other ones by Fran Hart, mm. and we all were just that like, so yes, good. this is the one. Um, and we all read it really high, and we we hadn't. Was this was this the first in a run of not so great books? Was it the yeah. second? Uh, yeah. So uh, well, it, yeah. it was in the run. Put it that way. <laughs> it was in the run of not so great books. Um, and no. poor poor Becca had to hate read it because she was on the podcast. She would have mm. DNF'd it, and out of I would have DNF'd it, and Becca and Jen probably would have DNF'd it. Yeah, would have DNF books. Um, if we didn't, I do, I do, but um. Very yeah, rarely. I do DNF books, but I try, if I can, I try and finish it just because I like to kind of see the whole thing. But there's a, 
There's some that probably, yeah, I should have DNF'd. Um, but I, I'll tell you the biggest problem with the handover. It wasn't a fucking rom-com. You can slap a rom-com yes cover on it as much as you want, but it is not a rom-com. There was nothing either rommy or commy about it. The, the rommy part had no romance. There was no romance. No. Um, oh, my God. No, well, there shouldn't have been. They tried, to, been. they tried to convince everybody in this book that there was chemistry between these two chemistry-less people. There was no chemistry. <laughs> it was a lacklustre, barely an acquaintance kind of rela relationship that suddenly, out of nowhere, they were like, suddenly really into each other, but then it didn't really seem like they were. And oh my God, it was, it was just the worst. I, yeah, I've not. It wasn't funny. No, it was just be funny. the the funniest bit was the guy that kept naming his restaurant oh. after off-brand things like not McDonald's or whatever it was. He said not Big Mac. Yeah, and I was just yeah. like that guy. That one. He was bit, funny. He was funny. He, he was in it for a grand total of two scenes. Yes, <laughs> I believe. So. Uh, the main characters were just god awful. All the yeah. it was very like it read as very like anti woman, anti mental health, um, anti well, it was it was um racist stereotypes of black people. Yeah, it that was, was that was like such a uh, fat way. shaming. Oh god. I mean, there's there's books that I've read that are like not for me, but I would like if you like this, this and this, I would recommend it. And I've said this before. I would not recommend that book to anybody. No. Like I no nobody that I know that I would associate with would ever enjoy a book like that. And I would not mm -hmm. force that upon anybody. But it no. was just like it was just issue on top of issue. Like the the black kid um was suddenly involved, like potentially could 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 be involved in gangs and wanting yeah. his hair braided. But the thing is it didn't, didn't really matter that he mentioned all black head. kids with gray, yeah. with braids are in a gang, obviously. Yeah, and all black it. kids want cornrows because they, and the way that he threw a fit because he couldn't get braids or whatever, and the way that it was just this whole thing, but it, it just came out of nowhere. It was like a random yeah. thing. These kids suddenly wanted braids, like threw a fit because he couldn't have braids or whatever, and they were like, and start talking about gangs and stuff. And I'm like, seriously. You I also think I, I think the the worst thing about that was if the kid wants cornrows, so fucking what is a hairstyle? But it was yeah. the linking cornrows to him being in in a gang. Like, oh, yeah. he wants to get cornrows because he's get he's getting involved in in a gang. It's like, yeah. what are you talking about? What are you talking and about? The, the fact that his dad was so proud of himself that he didn't beat his child. That that was his child messed up, and I mean this is gonna be spoilers. If you, I'll link the podcast in case you want to hear. I, bl I blanked that part out. Um, if you want to hear me talk about Rebecca, then but I don't care if I'm spoiling this. But basically, there was a scene where we, we found out that his dad was an abusive dad, and was was just a shit. So he was trying not to be like his dad, but in the back of his mind, he kept thinking, "I'm gonna turn out like my dad." Um. So his son turned out to be a bully that was one of the bullies that was um, being mean to this girl that he's now fallen for. So he almost hit his child and he just 
but it was in front of everyone and he sort of like flipped to Layla and absolutely over the top aggressive with his young boy. Um and he stopped himself, but only because the girl that he was falling for shouted and like snapped him out of it. And he was so proud of that. What a man. Like, what a man. What a man. Somebody somebody else stopped you from hitting your child and like not hitting your child, like walloping your child, like beating your kid, and that you are proud of that because somebody else was able to stop you. You're not you're not like your dad because that I, mean, I was like that was not a moment. That was not a proud moment. That was a you would need to go to therapy, and that is not something you should. It's a bare minimum as a as a as a parent to fulfil the basic needs of your child and not beat them. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm I've been a parent for eight years. Have never once hit my child. I've never once been close to hitting my child. Have never even felt the need to hit my child, <laughs> even when he has driven me up the wall because he thinks he's a freaking teenager. And he can talk to me like a piece of shit. I have never even thought of raising a hand to my child. So the fact that this book was like, oh, he's broken the generational trauma because he stopped himself from beating his child. Oh, fuck are you talking about? God, do you know what? I wish I still had that book so I could burn it. I gave it to charity. I should not have inflicted that on oh, someone else. I binned it. I don't I bin, really just put it out there. I don't bin books. The only books I've ever binned, I'm saying that, were books that were like really badly damaged. Like I got a set of the um, Vampire Academy books that were really badly damaged when I got them. Um, I got them from books to door. So I was not passing them on to anyone because they were ripped, they were yellow, they were disgusting. I binned those. I binned that. And I binned um, Kate Corrine's arc that i received because she's not getting published now and she's a piece of shit well come on to that later yeah i have a whole so... thing for you <laughs> so for that like those are the only things i've ever been when it comes to books and i if i don't like a book like i said i will say it's not for me but blah 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 there's this there's this it might be for somebody else i could pass it on i could put it instead of charity you know whatever put it on zip it I will send it somewhere that I think is going to go to a good home, but that book should not be sold anywhere. I, I just think it's an absolute travesty that we put ourselves through that, and it was a, it was depressing, quite frankly. It's, it's a it's a traumatic experience that's bonded us. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm obviously still going through trauma because I'm stress eating treeslets. That's why I have to keep muting myself. <laughs> but the funny thing was, like, poor, poor Becca. She had to hate read it. Not only did she had to hate read it, she was like sat with her girlfriend hate reading it, and I tried to watch her just go through this fucking stress. Oh God! Like, all power to Becca for finishing it. To be fair, I'm just, like. All but, power yeah. to all of us for getting through that because my god, yeah. Mm -hmm. But we're gonna... but probably my most hated book of the year was Hidden Pictures by is it Jason Reculak, which won the Goodreads Horror Award last year, and I was so excited for it and I hauled it, and somebody commented on my haul going, "Just so you know, that book's transphobic." And I was like, shit, did not know that. And it was from a trans person. 
they they reached out to me yeah. and told me and said that something that something about it had really upset them so i was like well i'll read it because i have it and i will i'll see what it is and the whole, to start off with i was like this is really good it's about this woman <laughs> and she has like a she's coming out of drug addiction and she gets this job as a nanny for like a rich family and she lives in like a little outhouse and um then the kid is like talking to something and has like an imaginary friend and draws disturbing pictures it's called hidden, that's what's called hidden pictures and um she's uncovering this this ghost story like she she thinks yeah. it's haunted right and yet <laughs> As it went, it started off and it was so good and the pictures were really good and it was a really good atmosphere. And I just started to get this like weird vibe. Like, you know, like when you just feel something in like your chest or your stomach, it's just like not something's weird and you can't quite yeah. pin what it is. And um, JK Rowling was mentioned quite a few times. And I was like, well, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it. I was like, is that it? Is that what's they're saying is transphobic because i get it um she's like a turf in that but i don't necessarily think that that means that the the book is transphobic and i was like well you know let's just see i i'm not going to tell you what the transphobic thing was because it's the basic plot twist of the book mm. okay. um but when it happened i was like Oh, yeah i get it and then once that had happened i sat there and i thought back there's a i can't remember i think it was beautifully bookish bethany i can't remember exactly who but somebody did a really good video about it about explaining why it is transphobic which i then watched after hang on i'm gonna sneeze <laughs> i should have announced it it went <laughs> It might come back. <laughs> okay, I think it's gone. <clears throat> Around 45 minutes, we might need to edit out me thinking I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> anyway, so I watched that video when I had finished it to try and like formulate my thoughts and kind of get an understanding of it and um i'd also i also sat there and just thought back over the rest of the book and i realized that the book although it is like this haunted story this ghost story it's also right-wing propaganda <laughs> and i will stand oh. by that statement okay i'll stand by it because the um the parents that she babysits for that she is the nanny for that she starts to have all this trouble with and she's worried about how they're raising the child and they're not addressing this not the that they're liberal parents she is a good christian woman uh, okay so yes okay. she's she's had a she's had a, a a reawakening after her drug addiction she's found god which is a massive part of it and now she's got this problem with the liberal parents and how they're raising the children okay. the woman that lives next door who the liberal parents um don't want her to go near uh, she sells drugs um 
and she's like this older one at some point like she has to call the cops and the cops come and they've got like like eagles tattooed on them like and the u.s flag and they're good cops because they don't even though he's like super aggressive and pins her up against the wall uh thinking she's an intruder like he doesn't shoot her so <coughs> winning <laughs> and honestly like when i sat and thought about it i was like this is so like it, it is that it's it is transphobic but it's also just this kind of like attack on liberal thinking because if you do you know what i mean so like it, yeah, yeah so that was like i was so excited for that book so excited i gave it a one star oh god and uh it's in that unhaul pile because i'm going to try and sell it to some other schmuck <laughs> well the right wing with right right wing because they didn't like it but the thing is is that i've spoken to somebody else who's not like who's read it but is not like on booktube or, or goodreads which she, she is on goodreads but like she just uses it to, she's not like on socials for it so she yeah. not, doesn't really necessarily get involved in the conversations and um she asked me she was talking to me about it about books that she's read and she, she said oh yeah i've read this book called hidden pictures and i went oh and she went yeah i loved it I gave it five stars i went ah oh, i hated it i gave it a one and i thought i'm not going to get into it because she's obviously not picked up on any of that yeah. And I don't have it in me because it was at work and I don't have it in me to have this kind of conversation um, yes. and try and make somebody understand in like a work environment. So I was just like, we'll just leave it there. Do you know what I mean? But I was just like, I, it's so highly rated on Goodreads. It's unbelievable. The number of people that are reading it and are not picking up on it. Yeah. It's insane. I, I don't think I'll ever forgive um the goodreads community for for voting that as like the best horror of 2022 i don't yeah. think i can i, th I think with things think... like that yeah it makes me wonder were they really reading it and paying attention because if it's if it's so blatantly obvious that that is they're like choosing to ignore the fact that that is it—it's like oh, it's just a book. Because a lot of people do say separate the art from the artist, don't they? So yeah. they'll they'll probably be thinking, well, you know, rightly or wrongly, they'll be, that's what they th might be thinking. I don't know. I can, just... I've got it open now, and I can tell you. Okay, it's got one hundred and ninety-four thousand five hundred and ninety-nine ratings, twenty-two thousand five hundred fourteen reviews. It's rated. 4.13 no and my review for it is wow just wow and not in a good way <laughs> and it's just it's really quite bizarre to read stuff um because the people that have given it five stars right everything they're saying is right it is very well written most for the most part um the storyline is good up until a certain point like it's interesting but yeah you have to kind of sometimes just not focus on the surface level and look at what's really being said and maybe if 
that person hadn't commented on my video and given me the heads up, maybe I wouldn't have picked up on it. But I think I would have. Yeah. Quite I think a I would person. So I reckon yeah. I would have. I think I would have because even before the thing that made the book transphobic in my view had happened and even before I'd sat and thought back about it and realised like the conservative right wing vibe that it was pushing um, I had that feeling like I was reading it and yeah. I was like there's something about this that I'm not that is it's unsettling me and it's not because it's a scary book there's something that's like do you know what I mean like I had that yeah. feeling and it was only when I kind of sat back and, and looked at it and I was like wow <laughs> maybe so, and th there is quite a lot of one-star reviews now and people I think are picking up on it but it it feels like the damage has already been done. It's already won the Good News yeah. Choice Award. There's already all these people that have read it and loved it without picking up on the nuances of it. And it's kind of like managed to get under the radar with these views. Mm. So yeah, Not so that was really. um that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Oh. What books did you hate in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I hated these books because obviously we've already had the discussion around the handover that could just be handed over to a bin. Um, yes! But <laughs> one of my most disappointing reads, I'm just looking oh. through my spreadsheet at the moment and I really hate to say this because... Two of my close friends really love this series, and I'm. <laughs> Am I going to have <laughs> stressy trees again? Trees again. <laughs> it's the Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Paulina. I don't know why I said it like that, Paulina. Christopher Paulina, like I, I don't. Right, okay, so yeah, I don't know if this is this. It, it must. It must be a meeting. It must be a meeting. I don't know. If I'd have read it physically, would I have felt any different? I don't. I don't know. But I, I, recent. I was well, I speak. Just before I started reading this, I was reading Ascendant by Michael Amula because the author had kindly um, sent me book one and had offered to send me book three once it was released. If I'd read book two by the time it came out, so I was trying to read them before he sent it me. Um, it just so happened that it was the same month that we started um, the inheritance cycle for the Let's for Let's for the Isabel Fantasy Book Club. So I'd had the audio, and I absolutely loved Ascendant. Gave it five stars. It was a boy and his dragon, like on an adventure together, and it was just the most heartwarming, amazing book, and the relationships and. The magic and everything was just like top tier and i was just like do you know what this one's great and you could tell that some of the inspiration has come from books like aragon so i was like already raring to go but as soon as i started reading i just didn't i didn't feel the way that i was supposed to feel what i thought i was supposed to feel about it so aragon is a, just a whiny little shit and entitled he's got no reason to be entitled He's he's poor, he is 
he like lives on a farm and he's been raised by his uncle and it, 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 the way he speaks to people it it's like he's entitled to know things or he's like he's just he didn't come across well but then the dragon was he found the dragon egg and whatever and i think the the Sephira. <laughs> I think the audiobook didn't do any justice. And I mean Tori loves the series, but she agrees. Sephira's mm. voice is fucking horrible. I don't know how the narrator got away with doing that voice. And somebody listened back to that audio after it and went, Yeah, let's just put this out into the world. Because that's exactly how a baby female dragon would sound. As as a baby. It's going to sound like that. It sounded exactly like what it was, like a man trying to do a croaky, like, magical kind of creature voice. But every time Sophia talks, it sounded like she was shouting at Aragon, just by the way that he he was, he, like, spoke her lines on the audiobook. Yeah. And the relationship was just not there for me. So I think I gave, I'm just having a look, I gave, Aragon, like three, <laughs> three, three and a half, I think. Oh, um, I did give it a four initially, but then I, I lowered it. <laughs> um, to three and a half. But Charles was just like, book two picks up, and like, so just go to book two. So, <laughs> book, book two was. Was it, did I do book two or book three? Book three. So book two was two and a half. Eldest was two and a half. And I DNF'd the third book. I didn't even want to start it. Like, I started it and I was just like, I can't. I can't. I can't do I'm it. so sad. <laughs> so that I, I was... The, the reason that it makes me sad, right, is because the first book came out in 2002 when I was like 12 and I bought those books and read them as they were released I, I think I might have bought the first two together so they were out and then I had because I had those two in paperback and then I had um, Inheritance and Brisinia as the massive hardbacks that they did at the time they were like really big now I've got like a nice um I mean, you'd hate it, but I've got a nice paperback version, so they all match, which they hadn't done. But I've always owned them since, like, I was 12, 13 years old. Um, and I just used to love that series. And I do think that, because I'm not a massive um, high fantasy reader, and that's probably as mm. high fantasy as I go, um, the only other thing, the only high fantasy sit book that I, yeah, love, love is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's like, that. yeah. Um, but the other kind of closest thing was always Aragon. And I was so excited when you were going to start it that you didn't like it. In its defense, he started writing it when he was like 14. So it was published oh. when he was 19. So he was, he was just a wee, wee baby. I'm not saying that Christopher Paulina is not a good writer. Like, I would never be able to rewrite that, even as at my age. Like, the pure talent that any author has got to, it just wasn't for me. 
and I can understand why people love it, but I, like I said, it could be a multiple different factors, but I was just, I hated the fact that I didn't like it that much, and I was like, right, just another, just, just read a bit more, and you're going to love it, you're going you're gonna to end up loving it, because your friends love it, and they've recommended it to you, and I felt so bad, <laughs> I felt so bad when I told you and Tori that I didn't like it as much, and then when I told you I was doing it for the series, I thought I was going to break your fucking heart, so I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how people feel when they tell me to get to give Legends and Lattes three stars, but <laughs> like, honestly, it just, I was so sad, but I just... Like, books can't work for everyone. If, yeah, if you want know, the same but... things, it would be really boring, but I just... I think the reason me and Tori were like so shocked and upset is because we was like, this is a surefire win for Lisa. She's yeah. going to love it. She loves fantasy. She loves high fantasy. And then you were like, this is shit. Well, you didn't say that, but you know, like you were like, oh, I'm not enjoying this. And we were like, oh my God, what do you mean? I thought you'd love it. And there's nothing quite so like humbling as recommending a series to your friends and then realizing, oh, we know nothing. <laughs> we're dumb. <laughs> to be fair, though, you've recommended me so many things that I've loved. I, I need to stay in my wheelhouse for recommendations. <laughs> I can recommend you manga. I can recommend you horror and weird shit. But, but as soon as it's the Raven Cycle, and that's winning. Yes, that's the win so far. Yeah. I've read the first two books. Absolutely, YA fantasy I can recommend. High fantasy, I just admit that i know very little about it <laughs> i know two series and they're the two series that i've enjoyed and i'll just leave it there <laughs> um on the flip side let's talk about some positives in 2023 um yeah some positivos so book wise obviously i just mentioned ascendant by mac mm. Miller. also Another book called Unbound by Michael R. Miller. That's the second book in the series. Haven't read Define yet, and I don't know why I'm doing this with my pen, but I'm just saying. Boy and his dragon, Ash and Holt, need to be protected at all times. The narrator for the ascending knows how to do a dragon voice. Maybe they knows should have got how her. Them. Feel. Hmm? I said maybe they should have got her, but then realised that I just I didn't know what gender the narrator was, so I just quickly uh, changed it to them. Just to them. <laughs> Um, him, I think. Now that I think about it, no, it's him. Um, but Ash and Holt. Ash is a dragon, and it's a blind dragon. <laughs> it's adorable. He's just like me. I want a plush of Ash. I just want of like of like the dragon, not our friend Ash. But like, <laughs> I want a plush of Ash the dragon with his little blindfold on. And when you find out the meaning behind the blindfold, it just makes me cry thinking about it. If you read the book, you know what I mean. There's just, there's a meaning and it's just, oh my God, it's amazing. And yeah, so that's, that's, that's that one. But also I read Bookshops and Bone Dust. <laughs> I was surprised that was a five star for me. I read the arc. No, no, I'm surprised. I thought you was gonna hate it. <laughs> I read the arc on the ebook when it came out, and then went to MCN Blogger Brunch where I got a physical arc and cried. Um, and then I bought multiple editions of the book and already reread it like the rice. I think the rice. 
<laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. Then I was going to say twice. I read it thrice. <laughs> I was going to say twice, and I'm like, no, thrice. All right. Um, All right. So yeah, like bookshops and bonus. If you don't know, Travis Baldwin wrote it, narrated it. It's Viv before she became coffee shop loving owning Viv, and mm-hmm. it's just as great. We meet Fern, a foul mouth ratkin, and she's got, <laughs> she's got like um, a Griffith. <laughs> it's like pat owl, pat dog. It's fucking hilarious. Um, okay. And... <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Great. Okay. 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 And it, it, honestly, it's got books in it. It's a book about books, but also there's other like confectionery in there. There's the whole baking vibes that goes on, but it's in a different way. It's not with owning a place. It's like in a, it's another small town setting. The stakes are a little bit higher in this book, so it's not as cozy and low key all the time. Sometimes your heart does rest a little bit. You're like, mm, danger. Um, <laughs> I'm in danger. It's a smidge, but it's just absolutely amazing. I'm trying to look at some other five stars. I'm going to reel some off. Um, the Iron Crown by Ellen McRae is another one that is a high fantasy. Fucking brilliant. The Crew by Sadira Samia. So funny. I was pissing myself laughing. The main character is just so quirky and weird and funny, and it, it's just absolutely great. Um, so many manga that I found this year because of someone. <laughs> someone. <laughs> Who that? Bleach. Got a love of Bleach. Who that? Who that? Who that, Fred? Um. Yeah. So so many. Somebody what? I was I just looking that. Oh, sorry. because um, for the Roadhouse Readathon next year, so I have a Discord now called Gems Roadhouse, and we're doing a year-long readathon. And I thought I would mention to you, Lisa, that one of the prompts, in case you have not noticed, for Death Note is a book about books or or book on the cover. So if you would like to use that as an excuse to reread and push bone shops and book whatever it is. Bookshops <laughs> and bone bone shops. Love a good bone shop. If you would like to push that on everyone, uh there is your chance. There is your opportunity. I'll just I will do that. And I will also leave Jen Discord links down below in case anyone would like to join us in the roadhouse. It's fun. It's fun chats all the time. It's um, great. Um but I think I can't remember what I was going to say before you. I have found that I have broadened my horizons with some books. That's something I've really enjoyed doing this year, and I'm so like this is like a that a has surprise. been yeah. one of my favourite things of 2023. <laughs> it's like getting to read stuff with you, and you going, "Oh, I don't think I like this. It's outside of my wheelhouse. So it's not of my sort of thing." And then, like, get into the chat, and you'd be like, "I loved it." <laughs> Sundial by Katrina Ward was one of them. Jesus Christ on a bicycle! I could not be more wrong about what I was going to think of that book. Like, made me so happy. It, it's so not my, it's so not my normal vibe. I saw the wolf on. Well, what I thought was a wolf on the cover. It turns out it's not a wolf. It's a dog, but. It's a whole different thing. Um, and I was like, oh, the cover looks cool. Um, Gem had a spare copy. I was like, I'll try it. Not sure if it's my thing. I'm getting it for free, so it doesn't really matter either way. 
Um, but I absolutely loved it. And now I want to read more Catcher in the World. And we've even got some on your list for next year. Mm-hmm. I've said it as soon as it gets round, as soon as you get round to it, buddy, read it because I want to. Yeah. I want to. I want to read it. I don't want to read the Last House on Needless Street before I, before I read that with you. Cause... Yeah, please read that because I love the Last House on Needless Street. That's I, that's such a good book. But it's just been so nice because like. I think before when I've been talking about books I really love, you've been like, oh, well, I won't be reading that because that's not for me. And now it's like, oh, you you have recommendations. And I'm like, I have so many recommendations. The Paul Bearers Club was Chloe's pick. That was Um, really good. That was something that I definitely would not have picked up had I have just been looking for it myself. Um, and I know that Jem didn't like this as, um, as much, but Juniper and Thorn by Eva Reed, that's another mm. another author that I found. And then I read, I went on to read the study in Dr- study in drowning with them um, for the It's All About Fantasy Book Club. And me and um, Charles both really enjoyed that. So that's another, that's still fantasy, but it's more like a dark sort of, like Meg calls it like purple prose type of fantasy. It's like, a lot more of like a complex writing style and stuff and it's not as simplistic i used to just think i was too thick for books like that and i mm. wouldn't understand like all the descriptors and things like that but um clearly i'm not as unintelligent as i thought i was i still think i'm uh, too thick for that because we i literally finished it the day of the podcast and you were talking about a character that i didn't even realize was in it to be fair to yourself though you at the time were not in a reading mood and you were going through a lot of shit. So. I was stressed. <laughs> I was the stressed. Fact that you weren't paid attention well to the nuances of a book really just wasn't surprising that you'd miss things. Yes, can, no, I will say there's a difference between not picking up on nuances and missing an entire fucking character. <laughs> I was trying to give you an out, but I was, I was um, suffering at the time like I was I was really driving the struggle bus so (laughs) I will allow myself the I'll I'll let myself off but your dark weird book era is what made me be like I'm gonna get to read bunny and that's why I put it in your 12 and 12 because I was like it's gonna happen it's gotta happen because I love bunny so much and uh you opened the door you can't I close did. it now, sorry. Like, I'm here with weird books for you. <laughs> One thing I know that I'm probably going to stay away from is, I mean, I don't mind, like, psychological thrillery type of, a light horror, because Christina mm. Henry, we ventured more into Christina Henry, still loving her books. So yeah. she's going to be someone I continue with. But I think, like, too much thrillery, horrory stuff. Like... I would Soul never recommend tongues. you Soul and Tongues. <laughs> People through the window, like, I already have very vivid imagination. Yeah. And, like, I, if I am opening my wardrobe on a night and to get some clothes out whatever the following day and I don't close it properly, I already need to go and close that wardrobe yeah. as, as it stands at the moment. And I'm, I'm just in general, I can't leave the wardrobe open <laughs> because I keep thinking that you know if i look up there's going to be a creepy hand coming around it's not going to happen it doesn't it doesn't happen it's not going to happen it's in my imagination but yeah and even yeah. if i just read like a light thrillery thing that has like a bit of an eerie feel i feel like there might be things in the corner of my room i can't remember what, what i read that i mentioned that before and i was like whispering dark the whispering dark 
the death protagonist and I, like just the, it felt like I was going to open my eyes and there was going to be some dark figure in the corner whispering at me. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I, like, I'm pretty sure I, I've always said, whenever I spoke about <laughs> Silent Tongues, I've always been like, but not you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't recommend this to you because oh, you excited it, like, <laughs> I I read that I finished Stolen Tongues I remember reading it God I think it was when we was in the old house it was quite a while ago and I was I was reading it on my own and I got myself so freaked out it was because we had big in the living room at my old house we had like um uh, French doors that went onto the back garden oh, and I had <laughs> curtains. <laughs> Um, but I was scared. So I uh, remember getting really freaked out and being like, right, okay, I, I have to go, even though they're asleep, I have to go where other people are. So like I closed the curtains and then I was going up the stairs and it was like that horrible moment of like where I was going up the stairs and then I would have to turn the light off. And it was like, you know, like when you're a kid and you like turn the light off and you run and you like you're, you're like racing the the monster to get to bed where it's safe. And I was like, that's what I was doing, and it's just something about that book. It really, it it's really creepy. And um, I think I've I think I've enticed Becca to read it. Yeah, and I'm sure, so I'm sure I've, I've mentioned it on our videos. Yeah, I've warned her that like the ending is a bit. Because it started off as a creepy pasta on Reddit, so he was. You do you know what creepy pasta is? Oh, so it's it, it's it's on like a red on Reddit, and it's basically like fictional horror stories that are written as if they really happened. So you oh. like some, you know what I mean? So like he people will be like writing Reddit posts as if this has really happened to them. Oh right. Okay. So he was inspired by um, his girlfriend fiance sleep talking which is why because i was speaking to i think it was chloe from chloe reads books recently read it or somebody recently read it and said that they wished that it had been from the woman's point of view because it was happening to her and then when i explained yeah. it's written because he was inspired by his girlfriend and it's a creepy pasta that's how it started like it made much more sense of why it was written that way um but it is it is very creepy. I do like it. I do like it a lot. But that's not one of my favourite books of this year because I didn't read it this year, so I should stop talking about it. It's just I really love that book. Um, one of my favourite books of this year is Clown in a Cornfield 2, Friend Day Lives. Oh, my God, what a surprise. I freaking loved that book. I loved it so much. So... Obviously, it's hard to talk about a sequel, but the first one is about this girl who moves to like this small town where there used to be like a um, factory that had a clown mascot, and it had like you know like when a big factory that kind of feeds the town money-wise, and then it there was like a yeah. fire, and that didn't happen. It was there was a lot of like um, friction between the older members of the town who were more traditional and the younger members of the town like the kids who were like teenagers typical teenagers they wanted to party and they had youtube and they did pranks and do you know what i mean and there was like friction and right at the beginning of the book during one of these pranks a young girl dies and then like a year later this girl moves to this new town with her dad he's going to be the town's new doctor and then like 
<laughs> things happen. She gets invited to this party, and then it's basically murder clowns. <laughs> and it's a great time. It's like a slasher movie, but in a in a book, right? And they did he did a second one, and I was like, oh, I will definitely read that. And so I I got the books off Amy from um, Booktube with Amy, and. Um, I put it off for a little while because I was like, oh, why if it's not as good? I'll be really sad because I really like the first one. Don't worry, it was brilliant. Um, <laughs> and it was, it's like, I know that you haven't really watched Scream, but what Scream is one of my favorite things ever because it's a, it's a Sasha franchise that is very aware that it's a Sasha franchise and it kind of like, it plays on that. So it talks yeah. about like, you know, in the in the in the first screen movie he's like oh you know if you if you do that you're gonna don't, you should never say that you'll be right back because that's when you get murdered and and all this kind of stuff and like they're very self-aware and like in some of the later ones they're like because um they like reboot it almost and they're like oh this isn't like a sequel this is like a reboot and things change and like yeah. they talk about that kind of thing in the movie and that's kind of what Carmen in a cornfield does as well because in the second one um they are kind of like a, a select group of characters that are involved in the first one are dealing with the aftermath and they have become like celebrities almost because oh, of what right, happened okay. and so it's dealing with that but also talking about like how easy it is to manipulate people with what is posted online and how how easily people will believe everything they see online. Yeah. And it was just so well done. So there's going to be a third one. And yes, I've pre-ordered it. <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> I really I love it. Uh, that's, I don't know. <laughs> Some point there, yeah. Oh, hang on, I've got a tracker. Um, Already? I've just Already carried on. I love a tracker, you know me. Where is my pre-order tracker? There's been so many things set up recently. It might have got lost. Anyone? <clears throat> Please hold caller. Your Bless call is you very, calling. very important to me. <laughs> Here we go. Um, it is coming out in August. Oh, it's a while. I'll have it in time for Halloween. And also, I've just found out recently um, that I haven't pre-ordered it yet because I'm waiting to see if Waterstones is going to do a special edition. But Grady Hendrix has a book coming out next year called Witchcraft for Wayward Girls. Oh, I love Grady Hendrix. Um, yeah, so that's I. I really loved that book another one and this is an author that i would really like you to try but it's kind of like bordering on what might be too much for you with the creep factor but it's not like gory but it's very um ominous and the vibe is very creepy but i would really like you to try some alex north this year oh I know it, I said yeah. yeah um i read the whisper man and the shadows or shadow friend um this year and like I have one more book to read from him and if that is also a five stars I have a new 
like top author like a new fave author because the way that alex north writes is just wild because it's a thriller but it could be a supernatural thriller and yes. you'll go through the whole book not being 100 percent, and then even at the end you'll be like so ghosts or no ghosts what's but going this is on what I liked about paul bearer's club there was the whole time you were like is it in his head is it real what's going Which on why i think like, you really like him <laughs> And then obviously I created Paul Bear's five stars. Um and me and Chloe convinced you during the discussion to up it from a four to a four point five. So yeah. like I do I do I have I have written him down before as someone that I will take a look at because you mentioned him. But also I was seeing you wrap up and talking about Summer Sons the other week. Um and again that's not just by looking at it and by hearing the synopsis initially it wouldn't be something that I would be gravitating towards. But when you were talking about it, I was like, that was really interesting though. <laughs> like, it, so this this was a reread for me this year, but this is generally like one of my favourite books. Um, I do wonder whether, I, I would love you to give it a go, but I think you need to be very aware that there is some, there's some moments in this that are pretty, creepy uh but i i freaking love this book man it's so good it's so good i wasn't going to talk about it because technically it's not a new book to me because i only read it but i just some tabs um but yeah it's it's summer suns lee mandelo absolutely brilliant brilliant rep uh just so good southern gothic peak everyone should read it and everyone should read alex norse so yeah i think that that's gonna be on my um, um, exploration through other genres and authors, I will be taking a peek into these to see how I feel. <laughs> a book fell down. It was Summer Suns. Let me save it. Hang on. I tried to put it back on the pile. I also knocked so much over when I picked it up. Okay. I think what it's are safe you there. like? Um, I know that we, because obviously I'm going to talk about a couple of favourite manga as well. Um, but is there, just before I do that though, there's a couple of other ones. I won't talk about like the plots or anything, but I also read um, Comfort Me with Apples this year, oh, which is like a little one. novella. And mm. um, I, it, it was like super creepy Stepford Wives is how I always pitched it, but it was actually so much more. And I really, really like what it did. Um, Spellbound. By FT Lukens. Oh my god, I forgot about FT Lukens. I written all of their books five stars. Thank you to this one and Becca for the recommendation. Like me, me and Becca have been talking about these books for a while because we read them every year. Every time one is released, we buddy read it. It's like a little tradition that we have at this point. <laughs> and there's just something about the way that FT Lukens writes. It's amazing. It's, it's so soft and cozy yet there are stakes and there are like proper moments where you're you you feel like quite i don't know like there's there's a lot going on and there are things where you think oh god this could actually go really badly but at the same time like you yeah. feel totally comforted at the same time yeah. and i don't i don't i don't really know how to explain it except from that like it's really comforting but there are stakes and it's cute it's just really good. Cute, cute queerness. 
And they have a new book coming out this year, I believe, and I'm very excited for that too. Oh, the world. To that one. Is it called of the world. Oh, the worldly, I think it's called. Oh, the worldly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get that one on. Uh, I read How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix this year, who continues to just knock it out of the park for me every single year, um, every single book, sorry. Um, that had creepy puppets in. Um, say less. Um, <laughs> and then I won't talk about any others apart from I also read The Twat Files by Dawn French. Oh. Yes. which was absolutely hilarious and I bought it for my mum for Christmas because she put it on a wish list and I was like, add to cart. Like I'd never added anything to cart so fast because I listened to the audio book at work and I must have looked like a mad woman because I hadn't even been working there that long and I was laughing to myself because she's just so funny. And it's kind of based on her oh, one-woman okay. show that she did, which me and Wendy, my cousin, wanted to go and see when we missed. And it's basically just her talking about, this was a time in my life where I was a twat. Let's talk about it. My favourite thing that came out that. of that, and she talked about it in her podcast as well, and it's honestly, because she does the podcast with um, Jennifer Saunders, yes. which is, I've listened to all of that as well. Absolutely brilliant. You know, like when you can just tell that two people have like the closest friendship, that's them too. Like that's how it comes across. But she tells this story where she had to have a procedure done. It was a small procedure and she's absolutely fine and all of that. But she had to have a procedure and she had to be put out. She had to be knocked out. And while she was about to go to the anaesthetic, <laughs> she went out and all that. And she woke up and she was a bit delirious. And she was very grateful to the nurse. And she's going like, thank you. Well, I really appreciate what everything you're doing. Thank you so much for looking after me. You're wonderful. I think you're an angel. Like, thank you so much for everything you do. And then as she sobered up, she kind of like reined that in because she realised that she was probably being a bit, you know, odd. <laughs> and then the surgeon came in and went, do you remember what you said to me? And she went, oh God, no. What did I <laughs> say? She, and it said, you said to me, be careful with me, I'm a national treasure. <laughs> no pressure. You're like, <laughs> I said that. Honestly, it's so good. I just love her so much. But yeah, it's, there's been some good ones this year. I, I will say that when I was doing my, um, my, I'm get, getting ready for next year, doing my 10 disappointments, my 10 faves and books and manga, it was harder to narrow down the uh the faves than it was to narrow down the disappointments like yeah. i wrote down all my disappointments and it happened to be 10 and i was like oh win well we went with that's fine then we'll just use those but then when it came to doing like the books i was like well what do i well, i could put this in i'll put this in when it came to doing the manga that was a, that was <laughs> an issue the whole series is this is there any um what has been like your top manga that you've found this year that you've started this year? I've started so many this year because of you and fucking mostly you, but Tori as well. Um, I love that I get the blame for it so much from so many different people, and it just makes me happy. I'm, I'm, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> you've, you've also, you've fed my manga obsession. An anime obsession by feeding me all these different series, but you've also then fed it by purchasing me said series. I do I'd be like, like, I do like read, and it's like always. It's a couple of times it's been just randomly. I've been having really shit times recently, like really low times, and then she'll make me cry because 
Amazon all comes down like I can't order any Amazon and then one of the times was a fucking omnibus of Attack on Titan and I was like no you did <laughs> I did. <laughs> she did. You've been down. You just thought this would tear your book. You did tear me up. Thank you so much. If there is an opportunity <laughs> to give someone Attack on Titan, I'll do it. And I said to Siobhan, if they had had Attack on Titan on their wish list, I would have sent them Attack on Titan for Christmas. <laughs> See, the one was Tokyo Revengers. I love that. I'm just trying to scroll oh, through. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to filter. Filter. Filter fish. Um, I don't Filter fish, filter fish in that thing. Um, I don't know where I've heard that before, but anyway, no, but she makes me think of Brandon Nemo. Good morning, the sun is shining, the tank is clean, <gasps> the tank is clean. <laughs> so, I'm just having a, a scroll through my manga. Um, oh, Dead Man Wonderland, that was one that was like very unusual. Um, but also. Orange because it turned out to be something so different to what I thought it was going to be. The covers just like, oh, this would be a cute school kid contemporary thing. I did not expect it to be what it was. But also, Demon Slayer, Promise Neverland, Tokyo <laughs> Gold, so. Tokyo Revengers, and Attack also. on Titan, <laughs> and also, and also Attack on Titan, and also JJJ. A carriage and also horses for all of my ladies, and also, <laughs> and also, <laughs> forthwith, there will be. Did you two guys and sorcerers on my TV? <laughs> um, yeah, you started some um, big ones this year. I did, and my manga collection went from being One Piece volume one to like. <laughs> seven but also liam is a massive influencer of me purchasing one piece mm. he bought me several omnibuses of that um when we first became friends um so it went from just like manga like one piece being one of the manga that i had along with a couple of volume ones that i'd purchased to try to having the plethora that i have now that i sent into the the lulu k-pop hype girlies chat um <laughs> i <laughs> Just yeah, a lot of that is influenced and also purchased by my friends. My spy, fa yeah. spy family. Spy family. Ashlaug has been my spy family purchaser. Um yeah. also randomly just sending me volumes of spy family. So so many. There's just and all, a lot of these were in like August and September. Solo leveling. I reread well, solo leveling I found last year, but I reread volume one and I literally binged volumes one to five i think volumes one to five yeah. i need six and seven solo leveling is a, is a manual for those people that don't know what a manual is it's korean manga it's red it's color pages it is red front to back to back to front and oh my days is that amazing i don't know why i don't know how i stopped at volume one and then we just like, mm. oh, I'll read volume two, even though I read volume two and I immediately had to read the rest. And the only reason I don't have six and seven is because I didn't have the money to purchase them because like £15 volume. Um, yeah. That's the only reason I haven't read six. I think I think seven's out and eight is due out next year. But it is so good. It gives me like D&D &D vibes, but on a, like, I say more brutal level, but 
I've seen how brutal D&D can get it, so possibly not. But Hi. <laughs> Recent D&D trauma survivor here. <laughs> you telling us about your D&D trauma in the chat. I'm sorry, I, I laughed out loud so hard. I was like, oh my God. she'll be devastated. But <laughs> Smash was getting like... Literally, so very briefly, I've been playing this character for uh, almost eight years. So almost as long as my child has been alive, I have been playing as this character. Um, she's the only original character left. Everybody else is on their second character because they died. Mostly defending her. She, they do. People do seem to sacrifice themselves a lot for her. I'm not really sure why. Um, and... Uh, well, we started off and we knew that it was going to be a brutal session because we were fighting um, an Illithid, a Mind Flayer. Um, what we didn't realise was that two of us, right near the Mind Flayer, were going to get frozen for five turns. Um, we were like stunned or something, I think. Um, so there's literally nothing you can do you don't even get to roll you don't even get to have an action you just have to let everybody else do their shit around you there's nothing you can do right so the two players that were left were my cousin who bless her has been playing the same time but asks the same questions every session because she can never remember where things are on the thing and she forgets that she has like damage reduction on her armor and she forgets what weapon she has and she forgets what she can do like it was it's a long-running joke that on her previous character she would always ask is there a spell <laughs> because she's writing down <laughs> Every single every single <laughs> game, she would be like, "Is there a spell for that?" Every single session. And the other person that was left is um, a guy that's not been playing with us as long. He's only been playing with us for like a year or so, and it's his first time playing D and D. And so he's very new to it, and he has a lot of spells, and he's getting really into it, and he's doing really well. But like, he he needs a little bit longer. So there's me who doesn't is not a D and D expert. Um, mostly just fires arrows at things and hopes for the best and if not spider climbs her way out of shit a <laughs> spider climb her way out of that shit that's how I roll um, and the person that got frozen with me is the person that's been playing D&D the longest apart from the DM and he knows so much but because we try and play in character we could offer no suggestions we could do nothing but just watch them try and figure it out. And every so often we would just kind of be like, are we sure? Are we sure this is what we want to do? Does this seem, it seems like more people will die. <laughs> um, and then, and then she did oh. die. She did die. She had her brain uh, removed, eaten. Um, she was resurrected, but with it was not it was not fun, um, because when I when she died, I cried. Oh, and I had, to, I, I, had to, I had to be like, I was trying so hard. I was like, this is going to be fine because I was laughing beforehand, going, oh, I'm going to like start looking up other options for characters, and I'll think of a new like racing class. And then as soon as it happened, I just went. I cried immediately uh but she's she lives she lives she was resurrected it was dodgy the roles were not good 
Um, oh. it, it was a very emotional time. And I had to stay on with uh, the DM after everyone else had gone to go to bed because we had to discuss, in, like, character changes because it's going to have, like, ramifications because the resurrection was not simple. So... Um, I need to factor that into like how I play her now. Uh, so yeah, it's just very, very traumatizing. Very traumatizing. <laughs> well, I was not, I I was not well. I mentioned that I don't know if before that happened or after, but like I think it might have been before when we're on, we're on live, and I said like I do. I can't wait to continue D and D with the characters that we've created, but also. I've seen because I've started watching a couple of clips of Critical Role, a lot of like clips of their campaigns come up where their players are in literal tears and like sobbing and like they're so invested in their characters and everyone's so shocked and like like, oh you can't oh my god, how are you gonna get out of this? And I'm just like I can barely handle normal life on a daily basis. How am I gonna handle the fucking high stakes? And trauma. What if my niece dies? Oh my god, I think I would cry. I have spent so much it time is... creating that character. Yeah. And I even designed her on fucking Hero Forge. The amount of time to get her colouring right, her eyes, her weapons, yeah. her like and just like seeking up with a, a backstory and all that, like Yeah. Oh. It is wild how um attached you get to what is essentially a fictional character that you've just made up in your own head. And it kind of like made me think of like, oh, I kind of get why authors maybe struggle killing off their characters and why they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, you do kind of, I do love her quite a lot. Like I'll be really yeah. sad when we finish the campaign because we've been playing it for so long and I do kind of love her. Um, I think it will be fun to play someone else, but I want, I also want her to win. <laughs> like you want her I to want have her a happy ending. A campaign yeah. to end and her to be alive at the end of it, being like the lone survivor from the original group and Going being like to, yeah. 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 Not shoot arrows into Whereas, other people's feet. Like <laughs> Yeah. Well, she, but, but she hasn't done that, but she has cut off quite a few toes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And she's done she's done a lot of mercy killing in her time. <laughs> she killed Tom Hardy Werewolf. Um, that was how we de- we described him. Uh, she killed off some traumatized elves because they were like going to get eaten by stuff in the woods. So she just put them out of the misery. Um, she, she's she's not going to do much of that anymore though because um, maybe her heart is a little bit darker. Maybe her soul is a little bit broken. Oh. But what I do love, what I did love when we did our session was playing um, Bearheart. Oh, so oh. much fun! So, I, I, you got so into Barbarian Goliath. <laughs> whose sole thing, like everyone else is like, because obviously the thing is with D&D, right? The first time that you create a character, your backstory is always tragic as fuck. Everybody's dead. You're the last of your kind. You've been bullied your entire life. You've been, you're traumatized from this. Saria, her backstory, the the, um, half-elf that I've been playing for eight years, her backstory is so tragic. Like literally, like her parents had like a, a, um, forbidden love and then her her dad disappeared and she was kicked out because she wasn't a full elf and she was sent to her her dad's sister in the sprawl which is basically like this just a horrible place full of like 
gangs and then she was in a gang and and then she joined the <laughs> army and then she fell in love and he died and, and oh, she's no. just, she was like right so that's how that's how she started so everybody else is in this campaign it's your your first characters and you've all kind of got fairly traumatic backstories and yeah then, and then Bear is a Goliath barbarian whose sole purpose for going on this is to one-up another Goliath barbarian adventurer from her tribe because she's like, I see that you have made a name for yourself. I can do one better and has just been looking for somebody to tell stories and write songs about her. So has immediately latched onto the bard because she just wants... She just wants people to sing songs. So like everything she does is like super dramatic. So she could have just <laughs> opened the door, but she tried to kick it. There wasn't even a door. There wasn't a door. It was a doorway. <laughs> Ash, Ash, was, Ash was a DM. Oh my god, Ash was just <gasps> fucking hilarious because we were all like, look, luckily we had Meg there. Voice of Reason was like asking the right questions, and I'm just like. Oh, well, is there a key? That maybe she had been trying to be all logical, it just wasn't working. And Liv's just like, Do I know this person <laughs> in these portraits on the wall? Do I know this person? And oh, then I was like, like Can I heroically break something? <laughs> so Ash was like, There's this doorway. Do you go through it? What do you do? And I thought there was a door there. Everyone thought there was a door there. And then she was just like, I kick it down. And so Ash is like, a roll for that. <laughs> um, there is no doorway. Well. You rolled well, but there is which no was unfortunate door. because I triggered a trap as soon as I went through, didn't I? <laughs> no door. <laughs> I just oh, like, it was so much fun. I just love how oblivious Liv was to everything else going on, but she was Princess Liv. She's like a typical Livy fashion. She was a princess. And we went into this house that had all these portraits of all these like people on. And she's like, "Oh, do I know that one?" Walking up and said, "Oh, do I?" It's like roll for it, and then we'll see if you know them. And then like, "Oh, you maybe you might recognise them." And she's like, "Oh, do I know that one?" And we're all trying to fucking get out of here alive or get this thing we were supposed to get. And bring I remember back to when the- we were in like the little storeroom, and we was like, we found what we thought was possibly the thing that we needed we needed oh. this thing right that we, we were pretty sure we'd found it and um everyone was like i ain't going near that because yeah. we're gonna die so everybody oh. was like spreading as far out as possible <laughs> and i was like <laughs> their heart would be all up for this like strode in heroically <laughs> something right is what it's like <laughs> Do we have to get a course or something and we were like, oh, is this the right code? And then someone had the key, like, oh, I would turn the key, whatever. Um, and, like, Ash was like, is everyone happy with their positions? Meg was out the door. I mean, <laughs> or was it Chloe? One of them were, like, out yeah. of the room behind the door. I hid behind something. And then there was a couple of people that stood quite close. And then <laughs> I was like, I will stand right in front of this door. And if it... <laughs> she took like... <laughs> And it was just like... Make sure the bard can see me. <laughs> It was just boom, you all take a damage and we were like <laughs> I I kind of love her so much though. Like I really I really can't wait for us to continue it so that I can play her again because it was it was quite it was quite fun for me. Because Saria's been is quite aggy, whereas Bearheart's just having the time of her life. <laughs> anyway, 
side we've been side we've been sidetracked by that was because of solo leveling that was your fault that time let me just do a couple of manga just a, oh, just manga. A, just a manga um so i started gangster this year uh which is so good but it's so hard to find um i had an email from waterstones recently telling me that my um order had been delayed i did not remember ordering anything and i looked at it and it was volume four of gangster which i had forgot i ordered i ordered it in october and it said it would be shipped in 10 days they messaged me this week to tell me it was delayed so i cancelled it because i found it on sci-fi so i'll just order it from there instead so that's really cool um oh. it's like a dark thing where there's like in like a gangster town and they're like the handymen um but it has this absolutely kick-ass character called nick who is deaf but is an absolute badass like he's almost like assassin level he fights with like a sword and that and he's just so cool um i started alice in borderland very recently and i know that's going to be a new obsession i can feel it and that's like feel it in my waters it's like alice in wonderland inspired they get transported into this dark game and it's, they're not really sure whether it's like another world, whether it's the future, what it is, but they're they're in this game and they immediately have to fight to survive. And depending on like the level of the game, like how dangerous it is, you get a visa so that you don't like get killed. Um, get unarmed. So you have to keep playing them. And oh my God, the first volume, which is kind of like a two volume bind up, it was so wild. It was so good. I can't wait to continue that. And thanks to Emma, I now have the second bind up uh, because I accidentally opened the Christmas present because I didn't know it was a Christmas present. And I'm very excited to read that and definitely have not been contemplating sacking off my entire TBR to read it. Um, <laughs> I read Black Paradox by Junjito this year. Oh, uh, Junjito yeah. is one of my absolute favourites. Um, and Black Paradox is one that I've kind of seen. And I have like, with Junjito, because I've read quite a lot now, like I've still got a few to go, but I've read quite a lot. I have like some set faves, like the ones that I always recommend. So I always say, if you want to read Junjito, if you want to start with him, um, if you want to go for short stories, read Shiver, because it's a really good like overview of his different styles and techniques and gives you a good idea of what you're going into. And if you want to read a standalone, read Uzumaki, because it's just brilliant. And only... Junjiyo could make a spiral terrifying like only he could take that visual it's so good black paradox is one that i wish i could recommend but i can't in good conscience recommend it because of some of the subject matter because it has a lot to do with like suicidal thoughts and ideation which is obviously not something that i would ever recommend to anyone unless they felt comfortable reading it but Mm. it's basically about these four people that have agreed to meet up to kind of like joint and alive they're all going to run alive together but then there's something weird that happens with each of them and they don't end up doing it but there's like a big knock-on effect and it all gets really weird and creepy and there's like all sorts of stuff going on and it was just such a good story but because of the subject matter even though it's going to be one of my favorite dungeons it's not one that i would like recommend a lot but if you if you feel like you can read that you definitely should 
And then I, I, I can't remember if I started this this year or whether I started it last year, but I think I think it was this year because it's only fairly new. Tokyo Aliens. I oh yes, I remember. Oh, I so to get one of volumes. It kept coming damaged. Yeah, it did. So rude. It's the one I've got is still damaged, and then Volume Four is like, I don't know what happened to that, but it is rock solid. It's so annoying. Um, but it's really really cool because it's basically like aliens are here, like Men in Black style. They have to kind of come with like a v- like they're on a visa. Like they can either come on a tourist visa or a working visa, and they're kind of like hidden amongst us and stuff. And then there's like obviously needs to be an organization to monitor them. And it's kind of like that. But I, I swear to God, there is absolutely no way that those two main characters are straight and I will die on that hill. There's no way. There's no way. Um my uh obviously I continue JJK. We've already spoken about JJK a bit. Um I continued cage <laughs> I continued KG number eight this year, which is fast becoming a favourite. That's so good. Um I started some 100 this year. Did, yes. So now we're getting into territory of things that broke me. Um, (laughs) Some 100, I was told, was a lighthearted zombie story about a guy who really, really hates his job. And then he wakes up one day and the zombie apocalypse has happened. And he's just like super stoked because he doesn't have to go to work anymore. And he makes like a bucket list of things and starts going around to tick off his bucket list so tell me why i cried (laughs) tell me why i i will say i read this at the perfect time because it was whilst Mm. i was going through all of my traumatic shit with my old job and i was reading this and it was very much kind of like pushing the idea that work is work like you should you still need to have a life like you shouldn't like make it your be all and end all um and it was all the things that he'd kind of like neglected because he was he sat there's a there's a problem in japan um i say problem but there's like a culture in japan of things like salary men um where they are kind of just like they work ridiculous hours and they and they don't go home until like the middle of the night and sometimes yeah. even if they're not at the office they're expected to go to functions and 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 do stuff with like um clients and and all this kind of stuff and it's like quite a big uh thing and um that's why nanami quit being a salary man because he was like this is shit and being a sorcerer is shit but at least i don't feel as shit about myself when i'm a sorcerer um <laughs> I can kill and shit. <laughs> and Zom 100 is kind of like that. He works for like a production company. Um, I think it's a production company. And he sometimes doesn't go home for days at a time. So he's yeah, like, totally he's like literally sleeping there. Oh, well, I say we're supposed, yeah. to, we're supposed to be working. But like watching yeah. the anime when, when his eyes are slowly becoming more like bags yeah. under his eyes. And, so he, oh. he's, it's kind of him coming to that realization that. Oh, I don't have to do that anymore and all these things that I've neglected and he's going off and like finds his best mate and <laughs> he's my favourite Kenjo, absolutely hilarious but there was just something that happened in like volume 3 and I just cried so much and then I, I told Tori that it was all her fault um, <laughs> speaking of things that made me cry Tokyo Revengers made me cry twice this year twice not, 
not thrice, but I'm about to read the next bind up. So it could be thrice. <laughs> it could be thrice. And then my top two, and I, I guarantee you already know what I'm about to talk about. I read the all of all of Blackguard this year, all of it. it wow, I say all of it, like it's a massive achievement. It's five volumes. Uh, this is Sorry. like a post-apocalypse thing where um, people can be turned into these like weird monsters called shoujo if they get bitten. So it's like zombie-esque, but with um, shoujo. Like and um, oh my god, like I, this again volume three something about volume threes made me cry um it was just so well done i just love the characters in this so much and i got siobhan to read this and they are also loving it and that makes me super happy and absolutely shocking nobody my massively that my vastly favorite thing manga wise this year um was that i finished I'm holding up something that I haven't finished yet, but I finished Attack on Titan this year. I don't know if wow. you've ever heard anything about this. No. Um, Brand new series to me. What yeah. is this? So, um, I, I finished this this year and uh, was like, I. this is my favourite thing ever, but I, I will love to reread this and pick up on all of the little um, nuances and, and the foreshadowing of which there is there is much. But I'll read like the... Um, I'll I'll read the 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 junior high thing, the funny thing first, and then I'll read the, the prequel, and then I'll read I'll reread the series. I won't reread it straight away, but unfortunately, I then purchased these versions. Um, so I am currently, even though I haven't picked it up for like um a few weeks because I was like, let me get through my TBR first. I am slowly rereading Attack on Titan, um, and having the best time even though like I'm reading it so slowly like every time I sit down and read it I send my friend Emmy like shit loads of pictures and we talk about things and we dissect things and it's just just I just really love that series and even though I didn't start it this year it's still going to be my number one it'll always be my number one and no I will never shut up about it <laughs> you're welcome oh, your stray dogs is another one I started this year yeah I started that this year yeah I did yes. not know it was about the authors, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, so all the... it, I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much it's sense. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm only two yeah. volumes in, but obviously Emma really loves that series. Um, yeah, and has spoken to me a lot. Um, yeah. What is it with the, characters, the... though, that have, like, a I don't give a shit if I'm alive vibe? Mm-hmm. That's like he's very obsessed with unaliving himself. Yes, put himself yeah. in situations in which he could be unalived yeah. um, and he's like ooh suicide when um, he doesn't turn up to work and they just go he's probably in a river you realise yeah. that he's done it quite a lot of times yeah and then it's it, just like not again did you try and do yeah. this again and he's like but I have so many ways to try this now and it's just they know that he's never going to do it but he was just like, oh, so close. And one of the times was when he went to fucking rescue. <laughs> it, like he stopped his unalive pro like process of unaliving himself because it was rescued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, rude. It rescued me. <laughs> yeah, oh. I, I have I'm only two volumes in, but the last the second volume left in a less than opportune way. Uh, but I also have also got me volume three of that, so She's really, she's really helping. Um, but also, 
in Blackguard, there's the condition of like yeah. not caring if you know what is. So there's, there's a few there's a few things with with Mangri. Like, yeah. So in in the in this is called um it's called Morbusite in this and it's like a condition oh, where yeah so it's a condition where basically um he's not actively trying but if it happens you know it's it's fine yeah. but he's he's also unfortunate that he has this but he's also like the best fighter they have so yeah he, he just kind of accidentally keeps surviving because he's like really good at it um yeah. but yeah i mean oh god i really want to reread blackguard now <laughs> not talk about it because I'm not, i have no chill on it uh but yeah very very good yeah there's so many and there's so many more that i want to read so mm -hmm. so many more things but we've done faves of like books and stuff um so we're just going to we don't have any reading doofers do we because we don't, well, do you have any reading uh, yeah we do have reading doofers because we're going to read something in january for the podcast we are so let's let's move on to the reading doofers before we move on to other positive things that are going to be happening mm -hmm. or positive things that have happened so we'll go to the reading doofers, doofers. <laughs> go first go uh so we're gonna have a podcast read in january um we need to talk about <laughs> we've we've spoken for nearly two hours and have not touched on any of the things that we were supposed to touch on because we've been sidetracked by talking about the things that we love. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but we do have to tell you about some changes coming to the podcast. And one of the changes that's come in is that we're not going to have a monthly read anymore. We're going to have a monthly read every other month. Does that make sense? I won't so, Yeah, bi-monthly. So we'll read a book in January, talk about it on the February podcast, and then we'll do we won't read a book in february we'll read a book in march talk about it on the april podcast if that makes sense so we've done that because we are broadening our subject matter as it were oh, so we wanted just to kind of have a bit more space to talk about things so we will still obviously talk about books in every single podcast because we have no chill and obviously we'll <laughs> always talk about manga because we are addicts and but we also want to talk about the other things that we love so we'd like to get say smash on for a, a D, D deep dive we'd like to get livy yeah. on for a k-pop one and things like that so there's lots of little things that we'd like to do and we just thought if we don't have a book every month then it just kind of gives us a bit more time to talk about all the other things that we love with that all being said and done we will be reading a book in january and we're going to read catherine house by elizabeth I thomas it. and i um, i was so shocked okay so we were talking about what are we going to read and lisa said you pick and i was like oh, shit. i don't know <laughs> like that's a lot of pressure and we decided to try and aim for things outside of lisa's comfort zone as it's been working so well for her and i almost didn't include this as an option because i was like i don't know whether this might be i don't know whether this is going to be lisa's vibe i don't even know if it's going to be my vibe but you picked it and i'm excited so this is a very polarizing book it seems to yeah. be that either people love it or hate it 
So this is going to be interesting. I'll just very quickly read you the inside flap because I think it's probably the best way to kind of explain what it is. During your three years at Catherine House, you will have no contact with those in the outside world. You will not leave the grounds during your time at the college. No outside music or books permitted. If we believe you have wandered from the path of learning, you may be sent to the tower. Each of our students has been selected as someone who belongs here at Catherine. You will give to Catherine and Catherine will give to you. We will not let each other down. Catherine House is a university like no other. Into its celebrated world steps Inez, a young woman who welcomes the school's isolation rather than its illustrious past. But as the gates close and Inez finds herself start to be inevitably seduced by its magnetic power, she begins to realise the question isn't why she chose to come to Catherine House, but why Catherine House chose her. It's so exciting. It sounds so good. It's like dark academia with like a weirdness, which I'm very, very excited for. So we're gonna read that in we're gonna read that in January and I'm super looking forward to it. And I'm mostly looking forward to what I hope is gonna be a good discussion afterwards. I like that. I think it's gonna be good. Um I have down the reading doofus but i haven't written down the book so i'm hoping that when i say the the, the read along you will know what the book is i'm relying <laughs> on you okay gonna... is all about fantasy having a book in january lisa or are you still on yes. hiatus yeah we are on hiatus for december but we will be doing um the ties that bind um from robert j Hayes. um i think the series is called the ties that bind I need to double check this. Rob Rob J. Hayes is an indie author. Are we surprised I'm talking about indie authors right now? Um you indie <laughs> authors? This is shocking. I know what the frick. But um he has a lot of books out. So we were like well, at the moment we with with the it's all about fantasy, we're only doing a completed series. Um the yeah, so the first book in, in this series is called The Ties That Bind. Um, the series is called no. The series is called The Ties That Bind. The book is called The Heresy Within, um, and it's his first book. And a lot of his series sort of linked together. So this is the first trilogy in a wider world. And honestly, I am so excited to get into his books because they are kind of like grim, dark fantasy. There's going to be lots of blood and battles and like stabby stabby and epicness mm. and. Um, we all love, love it. Um, which I was, people are surprised stabby. I don't like horror and thriller when in my fantasy I love a bit of stabby stabby and like sword fights and stuff. But it's, it's yeah, because it's in a it's in a fantasy world. So it's totally different. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Totally different. <laughs> but yeah, and if you would like to join in that, um, the books are available on audio, 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 Audible. Kindle Unlimited, and obviously you buy them here backs as well. But nice. um, we have an indie series and a trad pub series and another indie series next year, all planned Wicked. out. Love that. Uh, do you know what is happening with Christopher Long in January? We are reading Empire of the Vampire. Oh, are you? Yes. I so... need to read that. <laughs> We are doing it a bit different, so because of when Empire of the Damned comes out, mm. um, we couldn't. We didn't want to do it just uh, over a month, 
and we couldn't do two months because of the day that Empire of the Damned comes out. And me and Claude both want to read it the same, like as soon as it comes out. So the way that we're doing it is it's going to be over six weeks. So you're going to have six weeks to read it and then we'll do the yeah. Empire of the Vampire live show and then we'll give six weeks to read Empire of the, da- Empire of the Damned. So we're going to do okay. it that way. So um, we're going to be doing the live early on in janvier, like in the first week. Um, so it gives everyone like a full six weeks to get Empire of the Vampire read. And I'm so fucking excited to reread that book. It's unbelievable. Like that was my first Christoph read ever. And I might need to see if I can get that on my TBR. I don't you know. You definitely do and you definitely need to get the audio. Okay. Definitely if I can, the if there's an audio then we might we might be we might be crack Um okay. Massalong is the only other one that I have written down. Yes, Massalong is um two options you've got for that. You can either read the Empire of Storms or you can start the tandem read of Empire of Storms and Tower of Dawn. Smash and Tori, I think Tori, they're doing the tandem read. And I don't know if I will find out if there's um something that they're gonna if they're gonna post like the pages and whatnot or the chapters on their Twitter. But there is a mass long Twitter that I'll link in the description. Um I personally don't think my brain can cope with that because I like to immersively read within audio and um physical mm-hmm. book and I'm not switching around that much. So I'll I'll be reading Empire of Storms. Um that's the January book and the February book is Tower of Dawn. But they're doing the tandem read for the two months. So then they'll do Give the it, live show at yeah, the end of February. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll remind you again in January of the tandem read mm-hmm. or whatever. But if you want to just read Empire of Storms, you could do Empire of Storms January Tower of Dawn in February. Um but if you want to do the tandem read, that is going to be going over the full two months of January and February, from what cool. I know. Side note, Tower of Dawn is my favourite out of the series. Shocking, <laughs> absolutely no one that knows Hi. me. Um, I think... <laughs> I have a favourite. I think that is it for reading... reading yeah, the that's all I've it's got. Strange. All, how oh. strange is that? Is there is there a series TBR a thought? No, 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 that's happening no, no. end of this month. Yeah, sorry, end of December. So it's no. just because in 2023 we had so many read-alongs and read-a-thons to discuss, like, but all of them have, have ended now. And after Empire of the Down, yeah. long will be ended. Yeah. So um but yeah. That yeah. that's that's it for the reading doofers. I would like to do my my author's behaving badly section now, please. So I take absolutely zero credit for this. This is a TikTok from Books and Socks. We will leave it linked down below. But it came up on my TikTok and it really just reminded me the audacity of some authors this year. It's been wild really so let year of authors behaving badly what have they been doing i in case we forgot some of the fuckery of this year let's just quickly run through them as i say the original uh tiktok will be linked down below so this is uh authors behaving badly a quick just a recap of book talk 220 
2023. Am I okay? Just a recap of Book Talk 2023 authors behaving badly. Okay. Books and socks. This, that's the person. Okay. Number one author fakes her own death for two years just to boost book sales and get donations from well-wishers and fellow authors oh i remember that one for two years and then two years made up this fucking story that it was her daughter that said that she was dead or something and yeah then she was like oh no mental health it was me and like struggling mental health Mental health in it. Like, seriously, the amount of people that use mental health as a reason to be shitty fucking humans. I swear to I God, it needs to you, stop. That's going to come up again. <laughs> Number two. Male dark horror author writes a book and dedicates it to a female reviewer who once gave him a negative review, calls her a trout. <laughs> what do you mean? You can't handle one negative review. I do think some authors need to have a little word with themselves about like their fragile egos. 100%. Not everyone 100%. is going to like your book. I mean, God forbid any of the ones that we didn't like find our podcast this year because I know I don't need people dedicating shit books to me and calling me a trout. <laughs> Number three author of the manuscript stalks harasses instagram reviewer for negative review we're, we're out here stalking people for one negative review they are, okay ah oh, the egos the egos this one is crazy four author says arc readers need to start signing <laughs> contracts and if they don't read and review the book they should be sued for damages that blew up so fucking hard on twitter and i was like do you really like just delete delete your socials like just, just move on you, you, just move on seriously Get a I, grip of yourself. I know that I've already shouted out the person that put this together, but Books and Socks, thank you so much because I think I have read this three, four, five times, and every time I just there's just something yeah. about it that I'm just like, I can't believe this all happened in one year. <laughs> in one year. Twelve months. Five. Male author joins BookTok and says he will only read books by female authors until his book reaches New York Times bestseller, gets cancelled, and his book about a pixie girl turns out to be misogynistic trash. I didn't hear about that one, but when I read that, I was like, fucking hell. Number six. Author calls arc reader a bitch for giving her book a four-star review and ruining her perfect five-star rating on Goodreads. <laughs> Named her book enough. is getting made into a movie. Gets dropped by publisher and no movie deal. It was all a lie. Uh. As if she thought that she would keep that five-star review, solid five-star review forever. You can't expect everybody that reads your book to give it a five-star. Come on now, please. Number seven, white author claims it's hard for white authors now to get published because publishing only cares about diverse authors and non-white authors are getting traditional publishing deals. 
Oh my god, you are oh my so god. It's not like oh. my authors have had the privilege of being published <laughs> like openly for so many years and it's you feel, they've been so oppressed, these white authors. Like oh it's, no. it's, it's the fact that this author's out there saying this with their whole chest. <laughs> like a whole damn ch oh, it's so hard being white. <laughs> Please. Oh god number eight <laughs> still not done well-known and beloved book talk author is revealed to have written a triple k romance kkk romance about a cartel princess falling for a white princess for a white prince and getting turned on by the sight of hate symbol tats <laughs> well-known and beloved book talk author is revealed to have written a kkk romance about a oh. cartel princess falling for a white prince and getting turned on turned on by the sight of hate symbols tattoos which i can only assume was a swastika that tends to be the sort of thing it is. <sighs> right, we're almost there. Number nine. <laughs> I remember the last two. Author claims she invented the Snowden during the holidays trope and calls out other author for copying her idea. <laughs> I created that trope. <laughs> Isolated setting. I invented that. The absolute audacity to claim that you claimed in snowed in as a trope. No. Here's the big one. This is the one that kind of rocked us recently, and I know it rocked you because you had the arc. Debut author with a trad publishing deal and an 80,000 advance with an Illumicrate book box book deal. One star review bombs BIPOC debut authors while upvoting her own book on Goodreads list and giving herself five stars. Claims it was her friend Lily from the Raylo fandom. What this doesn't say is she then blamed it on her mental health. Yeah, another one that's like, because, I mean, right, okay, anyone who knows us, um, and... <laughs> I'm, we are both very open about mental health issues that we both mm -hmm. have, we both struggle with. But, and I've said this in my blog when I was talking about it, at no point is it okay to treat other people like shit because you are struggling with your mental health. Mm -hmm. That That's not okay in the grand scheme of things anyway. But not only did this person treat other people like shit, she went out of her way to, like manipulate and mm -hmm. like she created accounts she she did so much stuff like all under the guise of being under this days of al from alcohol abuse and like struggling with the mental health and she was having a breakdown and even the apology was bullshit because she said the last few months when the review bombing started in april um so she's still chatting absolute shite 
But the fact that she tried to justify that and be like, because I've got mental health issues, because I'm struggling mm. with alcohol abuse and stuff like that, that it gives me the right to be to do this. But also, the medications made me racist. Like that like, when she I'm... said <laughs> that it was because of the medication, I went to those comments and I was living. Yeah for the people in the comments saying like which medication was it exactly that turned you racist so I know yeah. to avoid like it I've been on so many medications but none of them have ever turned me racist which one was it bestie like <laughs> <laughs> I just was living for it but I, I it was the author for Iron Widow right that kind of like oh Zhirang Chao, yeah that yeah. started all they didn't name the person they just said to make you aware this situation has happened it then all came out in like a private author group chat thing. Well, they did, they did eventually name them because yeah. um, of the, the fuckery that was happening with one of the BIPOC author victims yeah. of the whole thing. Uh, and that was when they kind of flipped and was like, nah, fuck this. It was Kate Gray. <laughs> like, yeah, just, Kate know, Gray here's, here's the document. Yeah, she also went into an author chat. Um, when this came out bearing in mind privately before Jiron J. Chow actually did that TikTok the authors had reached out privately to get yeah. Kate to sort it they, none of them were going to go public about it everything was like I mean even that that in itself the fact that she was given that out she still didn't take it but the fact that these authors had just such open hearts in order to do that mm -hmm. like and and not try not just totally go for a career straight off the bat, even though she deserved. They it. gave her a chance. They gave her a chance to, yeah. to a chance that she didn't deserve. No, in no way yeah. did she deserve it. But these good people were like, let's sort this privately. Let's not go to the extreme of like publicizing it first. And she was adamant that no, 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 we're her, we're her, we're her. She then said in this author thing that well, um, oh that that. TikTok has been made. It is about me, but it's my friend Lily from the real or fandom that did this on my behalf. She created this really shittily photoshopped mm -hmm. chat with Lily. And th this is what I mean. It's, it's calculated, it's manipulative, it's taken mm -hmm. time to work out. You can't tell me that, or you can't expect anyone to believe that all this happened during a fuzzy, brain foggy mental health break, mental breakdown. You can't. Yeah. The all. thing it's was, she, she got found out. She got caught yeah. out, right? She did what a bullshit apology out. where she blamed it on her mental health. And the bullshit apology has since been pulled apart by the author of Iron Widow yet again. Yes. Because the timeline doesn't match up with no. the receipts that she has. And it's just it's just one of those things where you you had everything yeah the authors are striving for you had a book deal you got you were in a labor crate you had um an advance you, you know what i mean like she had a contract for future books and potential yeah, movies so much were, like, she in the works, like so much people were talking about the book people were excited about it and then she was like oh it was i was like i had self-doubt okay I have imposter syndrome literally every day of my fucking life. I doubt my ability in practically everything I do. I've never gone out of my way to fuck over anybody else. Do you know it's what I like, mean? It's like having imposter syndrome as a YouTuber or anyone on social media are going and disliking other people's yeah. content 
or like mm-hmm. comment in under like, comments or, yeah leaving shit comments yeah. under anonymous accounts and things which has happened to me before and uh, people have done it on my accounts um and we all know who it was but that's a different thing mm-hmm. but <laughs> like it's somebody that that does that it takes time to create an account on anything the fact that at any point they could have stopped and thought maybe this shouldn't happen even when they were creating the account they didn't have to use it it's the fact that they've gone through these steps it's not just a case of they've done something off the cuff or said something off the cuff and said something wrong and then totally fucked it up it's been an ongoing consistent thing mm-hmm. that she thought she was never going to get found out about like yeah. the, the the reason she's apologizing i say in quotes is because she was caught out and she's trying to cover her own tracks and it's absolutely disgusting i'm glad mm-hmm. our publishers have all dropped her i'm glad a limit creator dropped her from everything i'm just she deserves what she's got get her get yeah. the treatment for your mental health i don't wish mental health issues on anybody if you genuinely are struggling with your mental health then please go get help but you but didn't, don't use this excuse just life. to treat people like shit. No, that that doesn't fly. No, I I think the thing that uh, that bothers me the most about it is that she she literally she had it she had it all, and there was absolutely no reason for her to do what she did. And the fact that she targeted BIPOC authors, it it's like her saying that. When did it become a thing that if other people succeed, it means that you don't? Like, why can't we all succeed in the thing that we're doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many readers and they all like different yeah. things. There's so many authors and they all bring something different to the table and they work for some and they don't work for others. Why are we, and, and I think this is the same sometimes on, on BookTube, like, why do we, as a species almost have this innate desire to compare everything we do to the people around us why can't we just be happy with how we're doing why do we always have to be like comparing our progress to other people's our success to other people's do i mean why is why why do we allow ourselves to feel like a failure when when we're not we're achieving I do. I mean, I've done it myself. Like, yeah, me my, too. Like, my YouTube has not grown the way I wanted it to. By this time last year, um, I was like, one of my goals was to get to a thousand by the end of this year. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. I'm not even at seven hundred yet. Um, but in my head, I'm just like, well, I failed because I've not hit that. Like, other people re- started releasing videos before or even after me, and they've got thousands of more subscribers than me and I'm like what the fuck am I doing wrong that means that people don't want to subscribe to me and you do get in your head about it but am I gonna go and like negatively like thumbs down other people's content no a lot of those people have done better than me I really enjoy their content and I will comment and be like really nice to them and if I didn't like them I just wouldn't watch their videos because I am you know I am and I'm in my own head they've done well for themselves for whatever reason you know, it could be because of the friends they have, or it could be because people just enjoy the content, regardless of the reason. They've done well for themselves. If I don't yeah. enjoy their content, I just won't watch it. Yeah, Actually, I just, me, I just don't. People, I do enjoy their content. <laughs> yeah, I just um, I think that's the thing. Like I've never, I've just never fully understood because we, we we've all had a tendency to do it. We all compare ourselves, like especially on like speaking from like YouTubers, like like our perspective you do have a tendency to go like 
oh why why what are they doing that i'm not doing what am i doing wrong yeah. what, what, am i not taking this am i not doing that am i not and at the end of the day like we we, we shouldn't do that it's so hard yeah. not to do that but we shouldn't yeah. but there's a, there's a difference like you say between thinking it and actively going out to sabotage other people because you yeah. don't want them to succeed i would never not want any of my friends to succeed because i want to succeed we can all succeed together and there's a difference between self-doubt and like not (laughs) yeah nicely put (laughs) and i will just say uh that i really hope that the book has properly been cancelled because um if you search kate corain on amazon there is a listing that comes up it says title by author so it doesn't have a title doesn't have an author but it says due out to come 14th of may due to be published 14th of may 2024 but it's the only thing that came up when i searched her name so i really hope amazon hasn't taken it down properly yet though yeah i hope so because i know that that was a thing i was just looking to see whether because i know that it was a thing that was being discussed at the time when when the publishers were dropping her they looked like it might just be postponing it until we all forgot about it we ain't forgetting we don't forget we don't forget i think the thing as well is that um the publishers have said that now now that they've dropped her like Mm -hmm. they're not publishing it initially um because they had to have a placeholder there was a date that was like 2027 that was put up but the publishers on the us side and the uk side have said that they're not publishing at all now so unless she's going to reach out to another publisher or try and sell publisher i don't know but um my worry is that she might rename the book and do it under a pseudonym and name yeah yeah um yeah and i'm hoping that if she does do that people will recognize the synopsis and yeah. recognize the premise and just not buy it because yeah i hope so i um, i just i don't yeah. think i've ever seen anyone um sabotage themselves in real time quite so spectacularly i was so um, shocked it was true i was just like it was just no wild. way is somebody gonna have like for a lot of people for a lot of it a lot of i mean there are quite a few indie authors that i know that have chosen to self-publish they like self-publish they self-published they like to have control over you know you know the covers exactly how it's done Mm. they like that control a lot of them do say the marketing side of it would be a lot easier if it was trad pub but for the most part they enjoy the self-published side of things because they have their own time frames on things but for some people being traditionally published is what they strive to be what they aim for constantly querying agents they spend half their lives doing it and the fact that she had the she got traditionally published she was going to get traditionally published and she got the dream that so many other people wanted and she didn't fucked it up and not just like messed up a little bit and she trashed her whole career it's also like you were in the lumicrate pick like there's only so many of those a year yeah. to be picked like i know that there's like other other books is like a lumicrate fairy loop and that but they're they're huge things like to get your own yeah. a special edition in a book box for your debut novel 
one of yeah. the what 12 books for the main box yeah it's so like that would have reached so many people and she's just yeah. tanked it and now our final one because believe it or not we snuck one in at the end of the year and this one is actually hilarious and is still happening <laughs> as we record. This is still digging, digging that hole. On digging that hole. <laughs> Number 11. Almost one a month on average. Mm -hmm. For 11 of the 12 months of the year, there's been author fuckery. <laughs> author claims she has a mm. copyright on characters with sun powers. <laughs> claims BIPOC author stole her idea and that she too has a black character who wields the power of the sun. What do you mean? <laughs> she <laughs> copyrighted sun powers. The comments. I really hope you never read a series called Shadow and Bone. <laughs> hey, no. I was like, Lee Bardugo, are you going to come for Lee Bardugo? I would love to see this bitch try and sue Lee Bardugo. I just, I, I couldn't Sun believe. Shadow, when... Shadow Power is like, what the, what the, what the, I don't The understand. comments though were again hilarious because it was people going, I have copyrighted the use of humans in my book and I noticed that you too have a human in your book. Expect to hear from my lawyer. Somebody at what Kaylin Baron requoted oh her. And then someone caught us like copyrighted Earth. Yes. <laughs> Am I still allowed to be on Earth? <laughs> Honestly, you can't oh, make it up. Oh. And I, I think when I read that, I was like, because obviously we were all still reeling from Kate Corrine. We were reeling from everything that had just gone down. And I thought, wow. I can't believe that's how 2023 is going to end. And then this bitch said, hold my beer. I copyrighted the sun. Cease and desist. Was, at first I thought it was some kind of joke. Like I thought that it was someone making some kind of satire. Um, no. But then <laughs> not only did she show pictures of her characters, she highlighted the power of the sun. She's like, and you stole this. You stole this stole particular it. thing. <laughs> you stole hearing from my lawyers. And this poor this all all she's done is create a buzz around this other author. People have yeah. gone out and purchased her books, followed her. She gained like four thousand followers over a fucking few days. People have got behind this author and supported her. All yeah. she's done is create more publicity for this author in her books. Yeah, which is which is what Kate Corain managed to achieve <laughs> as well. Everybody's looking at all the people that she review bombed rather oh, than her. One now. of hers, one of hers, was her friend that is under the same publisher as her. Oh yes, I saw. Going the from the same, the same agent as well, wasn't it? Someone with the same agent as her, I think. Wouldn't Honestly, surprise wild. me. But yeah, but... Thea, she was both friends with Thea, um, yeah. who wrote The Hurricane Was. But, like, these these people, I swear to God, they need people. I'm just trying to find the tweet, the original tweet. Um, she, They need people to 
like take their socials away from them yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know which copyright i like more i don't know whether i like the person that claims they created the trope of being snowed in or the person that claims that they copyrighted the fucking sun but <laughs> i mean i'm obsessed with it i just i genuinely cannot believe how much because i actually remember talking to you when we were talking about changes for the podcast i don't know if you remember this but we had a conversation and we were talking about possibly going down to one book by monthly rather than every month yeah because we want to talk about other things and i said oh well if there's any more author shenanigans we can talk about that like that guy that um that person that harassed the author because that was wild little did i know what was about to go down because that's in here that's in here that was um that was that was that was six of eleven author calls arc reader a bitch for giving her book a four star review and ruining her perfect five star rating that was yeah. what happened and i was like oh maybe there'll be some other shenanigans yes there was there was a white author claiming that it's hard to be a white person a, a kkk romance at being claiming that they invented snowden during the holidays Kate well, the thing is with this author not only she started this but she started going on about like an ex-police officer and she's going on about how she protected the public and stuff she's she's bringing it in then she started bringing race into it and stuff she's yeah. literally just digging this hole deeper she's calling herself out as like a racist she's calling she's yeah. calling herself out for so many things just she's on like, the back it's, of this like, it's like oh I, I can't be a racist because i protected black people when i served that's the equivalent of saying While I'm not a video because I have a black friend. But the video she said was absolutely fucking horrible of this black person attacking a white person. Like starting a fight. But I don't understand what the point of that video being shared was. Like I protected these people. Like this is the this is the video of someone attacking another person. What Why is this achieving? That? What does that have to like, do with that you has nothing to do with the sun? <laughs> <laughs> how did we get here so how did less, we get like, here literally literally on this occasion say less do less yeah. fuck off <laughs> like be gone hey let's see what happens in 2024 maybe let's see if this is going to be an annual tradition where we go we <sighs> we wait for books and socks to break down the sheer fuckery for us every year <laughs> There, there has been one situation where it did kind of go the other way and the way that it was portrayed was like it was the author's fault and I do want to address that one it's the one with Daniel um, T. Jackson in Ilborn so um, somebody had written a two star review and from what I remember it's been twisted like he was in the wrong for doing what he did but I think she I think she tagged him or someone had tagged him when they'd seen this two-star review so all he did was block that person so they wouldn't see the the comments on the two-star reviews blocked the person yeah. who wrote the thing because it said some quite really negative things about Ilborn and like the content and stuff um he didn't post about it did nothing with it her dad then 
retweeted and the the fact that like screenshot that his daughter was blocked and they're like, I'm oh, blocking a child for giving you a two star review, blah blah blah. And the way that it came across, because even I was fooled by this initial ed, it was Meg that told me what actually happened, made out that he'd gone for her and then blocked her because of this two star mm, review. I do remember that, when, yeah. But literally all he did was just block some of the negativity that would come up on his feed about two star reviews, which is fair. You don't want to see that as an author. So he's done what any normal person would do. People were then coming for him, making out that he was a bad guy because he'd privately, not publicly, blocked someone. It was the people it was her dad that then brought it up and was like, this guy's horror like he'll he'll rave about the five star reviews that he gets, but he won't he will it doesn't like it when he gets two star reviews. No fucker does. No author would like getting a two star review. And yes, if he gets four and five star reviews, he's gonna repost it. Because he's yeah. promoting his book as a self published author. In that in that particular scenario, he did nothing wrong. No. He chose not to have negativity on his feed. That's how he's supposed to deal with it. Yeah. And once Megan explained the situation properly to me, I was like, all oh, right, yeah. okay, that's not how I saw one side of the story where it came across that like Daniel had done something wrong and mm. like he like said something to this to this girl um and upset her for and blocked her yeah. when he actually did nothing wrong. No. But it I mean, this, this opens well. up uh, an, a whole com a whole nother conversation, which maybe we'll come back to another day. Um, but authors in review spaces, and we shouldn't be dragging them in to reviewer spaces. Um, you, I think that if you there's there's two there's two way, reasons why you should tag an author in your review. In my opinion, this is my opinion. I think you should tag them if it's a good review because that's nice. Um, if you just didn't like the book and you're rating them lowly because you didn't personally like it, just just move on with your life. Leave your review on yeah. Goodreads and just leave them alone, okay? They, yeah. they worked hard on it. You might not personally like it, but you don't have to tell them. Like, imagine if you... Imagine if you like spent ages doing something you were really proud of and then people were just like coming up to you going, that shit you also would not like it do you know what yeah. i mean um the other time is if it's calling out the sort of behavior that we've been talking about like yeah it's absolutely fine to tag them in a review if you're calling out like this is racist this is sexist this is homophobic you know yeah but if you if you're just literally you don't if, if there's not nothing like nothing uh how do i say this if there's nothing like super inherently wrong with the book like where it's kind of on that level yeah then just just leave your review and move on yeah authors coming in to review a spaces on their own accord is yet another discussion uh, <laughs> we should just don't do Let's that do a podcast don't do that. about that <laughs> don't do don't do that fam but like i just think Tagging an author in a negative review is just so unnecessary, especially like if you've someone. given something two stars, that doesn't mean that you like detested it. Because if you really hated the book and if it was like if there was something in it that was offensive, you would give it a one star. Oh, you would have DNF'd it. Yeah. And not read it. So all. if you've given it a two star, 
there's absolutely like i would i would say don't tag them in twos and three stars because that's just kind of like middle of the road that's fine if you feel that way about the book but you don't need to necessarily tell them no you know that's fine if you want to tag a four or five star that's lovely yeah and but a lot of authors don't do that for the exact reason of why he blocked her it's just so that they don't have to see people talking about something that they love because it's it must be quite hard and obviously we've seen many a time where authors go on to goodreads and uh the the implication the ramifications that that has calling out reviewers for not giving you a good review and purposely going for them reviewers will destroy your career uh if you do that because we we see goodreads and i'm not saying that we do this like out of spite but goodreads and storygraph and things like that are supposed to be safe spaces for people that read books and talk about them and if authors come into those spaces and start attacking you for not liking their book that is very different to blocking and moving on with your life and if you are attacking somebody for not liking your book you can expect the one star review bombs the tweets the the shout outs you know being being called out you can expect fucking i can't even remember what kate green was in like the times and time time magazine or something like you can expect all of that if you as an author go into those spaces and create the drama if you stay out of those spaces and you just 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 do that just make a divide (laughs) we all make a divide you stay out of our space and we won't and we don't tag them in negative stuff and everyone's going to be much happier i reckon same time next year we'll be reviewing 12 more <laughs> yeah <laughs> off of the hearing badly yeah let's hope that um oh god what was it i just closed it by mistake books and socks let's yep. hope books and socks has uh well actually let's hope books and socks doesn't have the material for next year but if there is the material let's hope they come through because they put that together wonderfully (laughs) so let's end the podcast on a high yeah um and we will be talking about this more next year a hundred percent something that we've both been loving recently and Mm. i'm just loving sharing our love of this this thing Mm. is 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 um K-pop. 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 Um, briefly, we found a lot of bands. More and more bands, more and more songs on a daily basis. Massive shout out to Liv. She was on the podcast earlier this year. Yes. And we'll, we'll um, take this. We've apologised separately, but we'll we take have. this opportunity to apologise to Livy uh, on a public scale. Um, <laughs> she tried to tell us. She tried, she, she tried to tell us and we didn't listen no um in my head the current was all song pop and yes all like yeah not my vibe and then no things came up and people were in my face with amazing songs and like brain scratchy songs and now we've gone down a hole and we're just there this one of the songs that I'm currently hyperfixated on is Bouncy by 80s, which we literally oh. named a podcast episode after, it and is. I still didn't go and listen to it. And then when I did listen to it, I was like, damn, okay, 
<laughs> fine she was right um so yeah we we do publicly apologize because we, we should have listened i i was actually speaking to i think it might have been in the delulu chat um it might have been emmy and we was just i was just saying that i think something that kind of put me off is that and I mean this with absolute no negativity because I do like some of their songs, but I think BTS actually really put me off getting properly into K-pop because I don't think that they represent as much of K-pop as I thought. Like I thought, yes, because they're so massive and they've got such a massive following and and so many good songs. I was like, oh, so this is K-pop? Not necessarily. No. Um, and it, it actually turns out that a lot of the BTS songs that I like are a particular vibe of which there are bands that all their songs are that particular vibe. And that's what I'm now finding. So, yeah, I think yeah. as much as I do enjoy a lot of BTS's music, I just assumed that that was that represented every K-pop that that yeah. was K-pop. And, um, when and you it's, see it on it's TV, it's always bubblegum pop as well. And it's all like really really over the top cheesy stuff and once you actually get into it you mm -hmm. realize that there are some bigger bands within the k-pop community that are totally not not that at all some of their yeah. songs like their comebacks are a bit more bubblegum poppy but a lot of their songs and comebacks are actually totally my vibe mm. and yeah i'm just really really excited about getting into yeah into all of that and yeah because it's like i've been listening to stray kids for like a couple of years and they are like my favorite i i still like although i've got really into 80s over the last like couple of weeks thanks to livy and i'm sorry again um stray kids i've i've been listening to on and off for like a couple of years and i thought they were the exception i did not realize how many yeah. other bands there are with that particular vibe i was like oh i like i like them because they're a bit more like my kind of my kind of thing so i'll just listen to them um and then i think i tried to do my own research and failed so i was yeah. listening to like bands that probably weren't for me and then this week in the Delulu chat today i was just like oh did some people give me some bands to listen to yeah. and she came through i have like a whole list of of ones and like literally the first one i listened to i was like oh was just like I was like, yeah, oh, damn. This is the brain scratch. Yeah. The, the thing is, I, th I think the thing is as well, again, just before we wrap up, like, as it, because it's encompassed in the word pop, mm -hmm. like, it's called K pop. And the, yeah. under that big it's not umbrella, necessarily like, it's, it's, all it's actually not. pop music. It's just what we, no. as people outside of Korea, refer to it as. So yeah. we associate it all as K pop, but it's just Korean music, really. Like, there's a lot yeah. of different vibes and different it's like genres and different vibes and, yeah oh my god and it's like i was listening to so much korean hip-hop that i was telling you olivia about and yeah. um i was like i didn't know this was a thing and olivia was like yeah i don't listen to a lot of it but yeah there's there's quite a lot and there is so much korean hip-hop so much and there's like, so many of these bands do different obviously they're called comebacks but they do different like collections of songs like Strakers mm. will do some more poppy ones, some more rocky ones, some more where the rappers will take them over forefront. And like you realize really how talented these mm. kids are. Like I say kids, like young men, young women, um, 
how talented they are. Like they can sing, they can dance, they can rap. A lot of them do all of them, and like it's it's like a whole world of just pure talent. And there's so many mm. of them. And there's all so just got many good songs. songs. So many good songs, but I think the biggest appeal for me is which considering a conversation that we recently had where I said I don't like really listening to live music like I like it if I'm there but like watching a live performance on TV or listening to a live version on um like on Amazon Music or Spotify or whatever is not my sort of thing it turns out that's bullshit because <clears throat> if I watch K-pop and I watch the live performances that is they are amazing the the, yeah. the show the performance aspect of it is just so good and adds so much to it um the music videos are really amazing too and i think I it's know. just kind of like whole, um this whole style almost it's the music yeah. it's the voices it's the rapping it's the dancing it's the performance it's the music videos it's the staging it's just all there's just so much more to it and i think I just didn't get that before. No. Now I now I do, and it's and I a do problem. think these guys, <laughs> these these guys that I've that I've seen so far would be totally worth seeing, um, mm -hmm. and I mean it's probably like the cheapest tickets are like between sixty and eighty quid, but um, and the downside of K-pop idols is that they give you maybe like four months notice. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I, if I had the money, I definitely would be going to see there's a group called Zikers at the end of January that are coming which are like 80s baby brothers um but they do really good songs and they're coming at the end of January I would have gone to see them but these are these are definitely like when I said I'd like to see live music music where they'd put on a show I know they're yeah. going to see any of these bands it would be a full-on show so the money that you spend would be worth it yeah, um, and the experience, and the fact that we'd be able to experience it, we can imagine we can live it. <laughs> and oh, pass yeah. it out. <laughs> I really think if I'd have known this before, if I'd have really known about like the performance aspect of it, I probably would have started listening to it earlier. Because if I think about yeah. the bands that I always say are my top three bands, they are Ramstein, where they literally have a flame zone because they use so much pyrotechnics, and they're all trained in pyrotechnics because they kept setting themselves on fire that's how much fire and fireworks goes on ghost where the main singer is always some kind of weird skeletal priest and they all dress up in like masks and that to hide like the band's identity and that um and they he doesn't even come on as himself he comes on as a character so his name is Tobias Forge the main the lead singer he comes on as a character and it's normally Papa Erasmus or something I can't pronounce it but he comes on as like a character and the one that I have actually seen live um it's in the double digits Muse who always put on an amazing live show yeah um the yeah, definitely. Like they've won best live band quite a few times, I think, and it's very well deserved. They put on so much. They do, um, they do like mini films. I showed you when they did the Halloween song, and they had all the slasher villains come up on the back. Do you remember I sent you that video that I did? And if I had known that the live shows were that good, I probably, I probably would have started watching this. <laughs> yeah. 
and you would have probably I'm, I'm seen when Liv went, yeah. <laughs> went to yeah when Liv went to the 80s early this year I wouldn't have been against the barrier like she was but if I'd have listened to these early I would have been at the 80s concert with the last early yeah. early this year and I'm really gutted that they probably won't come back before they have to go to military service no, so, I know um, that's going to be a bummer. However, that also gives me time to save some money for when they do have a comeback in maybe 2026, 2027. And we were yeah, like, start saving going... now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Stray Kids might be in um, UK next year. So let's get some money saved aside for that. <laughs> but thank you very much for everyone that, to everyone that's watched or listened over the last 12 months. We are at the end of season two, even though the first season was only six months, but we have done this for like a year and a half now. Yeah, it's crazy. It started in June 2022. As if. That's crazy. Um, but I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Mm. <laughs> it's a cheesy book. Yeah. <laughs> My best friend. Um, <laughs> My best friend. <laughs> Oh God, this is this is what our friends have to deal with. Um, <laughs> we will see you. This will be. Oh no, we've already had the last yeah, this, episode of. This is this is the, the first, first season. season three. Oh my God! Correct myself. I correct myself. This is the first season three, season episode three. one. Oh my God! Mm -hmm. I'm so backwards it's because I'm filming it early. Yeah, I don't know who I am at this point. Uh, so welcome back to the first episode of season one season three <laughs> we're not going back um, to season one. and reminder and that we will be reading catherine house catherine house is on ba we will see you all in february where we'll be discussing catherine house <laughs> so we know. bye